what blew a lot of people away was the budget. It was only thirty million dollars. Yeah. Yeah. So a and, movie and, like and that, he shot it, and he shot it in in South Africa. Yeah, there was well, not so some big American studio, lot of well, no, you know, right? And and when that happened, so people was like, that was kind of like a big like hope for a lot of people because like, holy shit, you could do that for thirty million dollars. Um, because I remember when seeing the film, I was kind of underwhelmed by some of the special effects. I was like, uh, the special effects in a mess, right? But in my head, I was thinking that still costs minimum, minimum ninety million dollars, and he cut corners. Not when I heard thirty million, I was like, what? Um, the, the thirty million dollar issues a little bit of a kind of a misleading because a lot of the set and you know a lot of the spending spending happened before because it if I want if I remember correctly and somebody could correct me on this you could probably correct me on this but if I remember correctly it was supposed to be the Halo movie. Um, well, from alright, okay, I, I could be wrong with this, but I believe it's when um, I think that either Peter Jackson and slash or Guillermo del Toro were interested in, in making a Halo right. film, and after right. they saw. Um, Neil's short film, which inspired right. District Nine, were like, okay, well, this guy could be the one to do it, but um, right. I, I think that that deal kind of fell through. Right, cracks it fell through. Like, well, but, all well, right, well, let's well, do District Nine because this well, is, you know, something that you know, some passionate that he was wanted. Right. You know. But well, from what I understand, a lot of these sets and props and things were already made, and already kind of like a lot of the sets, props, and stuff that was supposed to be for the Halo movie was already done. So that's what oh. we saw in in District Nine. Um, that's what we saw, like the vans and you know all the trucks and all of that shit. What, what, what about they, what about the weapons? Well, I know about all of that in terms of like the weapons. Look, because you yeah, could. Have, I don't know the if biggest, it was that. biggest. Um, but Halo again, fans, I wouldn't know. Right, but again, well, it was it, not any. Well, I don't think any of the weapons in District Nine was anything like the weapons in um in Halo or anything like that. Granted, that District Nine had a real first person shooter bent everything. Yes, um, yes, it did. In terms of the variety of weapons, lightning gun, gravity gun, shit like that. Um, yeah. Love but that gravity I, gun, I, by the way. <laughs> yeah, we pick on everything, right? Mm-hmm. And then, but from what I understand, the, the, what I thought it was that he just, like, he, was, he thought he, I thought he had his own, like, CG company now. So oh, I thought all of that was yeah, his yeah. now. Not realizing, no, most of the, I think, the, from what I understand, where the money, where they got away with a lot of the spend, uh, expenditure was the fact that this was a scrap project and they just took all the scrapped ideas that the studio already spent on and they just end up scratching because that's end up happening with films a lot. You have a lot of work got done. And then they'll they'll kind of pull the plug on it now. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what I think happened. So that's where they kind of got got off. They didn't have to spend as much money. And it's like, all right, cool. I just have my own story, and it was based off of his um his short film. I think out of with his straight out of Joburg or something like that. I forget what's the actual short. Uh, yeah, um, gosh, I forget I forget the name of it, but something Johannesburg. Yeah. No, no, yeah, alive, alive in Joburg. No, alive in Joburg. That's the name of yeah, it. Yes, alive in Joburg. Yes, I think right. right, and he. Yeah, he just decided to expand, expand, expand these ideas, and it ended up coming across like a, a really um, awesome project, for the most part. I mean, it was Charlton Copley is the first time I heard of him. Yes, um, yes, yes. That guy, that guy was like a, his a performance. Big, yeah, um, and and he really kind of set himself as that one South African guy who just loves to use the f word a lot. <laughs> right, <laughs> especially right. the second and half of District Nine. Oh my God. <laughs> right. Yeah. But it, it to me, it, it, as a simple story, it worked for the most part. It it real sequel bait. We still didn't get to see the, the supposed sequel of him coming back three years later. Well, uh, well, I, what I would say though is like for me, it doesn't need a sequel. I remember the first time I right. saw it, and real people was like, "Well, yeah, we gotta get District 10. I was like, "You don't need nah. to." The story has ended. Right. Sh- it, it, Shadow's it character right. has become the very thing that he has hated. That's the point. Right. That's the end of the and story. Work, yeah. Yeah. That I, I right. always love uh, like the satirical, really biting satire about it. You know about race right. and. You know, yeah. those kind of things. So, yeah. 
and it totally worked in given the context of South Africa. Um, yes, yes, with yes, the film, yes. They do this really awesome alt reality, you know, you know, apartheid and they're under incredibly different circumstances. Um, but it totally worked. I, I absolutely love that movie. Big yeah. fan of it. And, and what I really love about that movie too is that it shows that with sci-fi, you can touch on, you know, social issues that you know, have been done. Yeah. For years, like in the 60s and 70s, but, you know, with the 80s and 90s and stuff, has always been, you know, about, you know, just the usual alien invasion stuff where they never really right. took a, a different stance on it. But here, it was right. more about, you know, racism and those kind of things. And how they right. approached it was really clever, you know. And, and it was done It was done in a very explicitly African context. That's what made it work yes, um, yes, really, yes, really yes. well. It just it just had the, the, the look and the feel of everything. Um, just, you really get that. I don't know what to say. I don't want to say post-apocalyptic, but you know, you got that just grimy grit to, to everything. Everything dusty and yeah, gross and, dusty you roads know. and stuff. And you know. right, it kind of it, it, it really totally... does legit look like this is how South Africa would be. You know, right, if there right. was an alien invasion that happened like right now. Right, you really got that sense of things. Yeah. And I'll say, you know, you could again nitpicking out of the whole thing. The world building had a couple issues here or there, but for the most part, because another big thing is the documentary style of the whole thing. That was just a big. Totally make it work in the context of everything. It's, yes, it's yes. I, I love that approach. Uh, well, honestly, right. like the first time I saw it, I did not expect that it was going to be like that. And then when I right. when it when it when it started to to um to unfold, yeah. I was like, oh my god, I'm really loving this approach. Yeah, this, this documentary totally. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I tell me that that film just everything just kind of fell together and made it totally work. It was a big hit for a lot of people. A lot, and this is in my opinion, it's like a, a sci-fi classic. In my opinion, uh, it totally worked for me. Loved it. Um, same here, same here. Um, yeah, but so then he 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 he's a big he's a big hit now in Hollywood, and he he decides to do Elysium as his next project, and boy, that shit just landed like a dud for me. Um, I it wasn't bad. Didn't hate it, but I kind no, no, of thought of it like, yeah, this could have been way 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 better. I find that it just hammered us over the head with you know the with topics right. about healthcare and all these kind of Obama things. Obamacare message, yeah, yeah, yeah the Obamacare message. It just didn't no, really it do much with the premise, really. Right, that's the big problem with the, the second one is that he, well, they could tell, you could totally tell that he just couldn't control the studio. Like, this is the mistake of what has happened when a studio getting your way. Because you could tell, him, like, scene almost cut for cut what the studio fuck with and what he wanted with that movie. Like, in terms of world building, structure, like, you could, like it didn't feel like his style at all. And I'm not talking about, well, it's not a documentary this time, no, fine. But, um,. It just, just the world building and didn't work at all. A lot of it didn't make sense. Like compared to the Shrek 9 where, all right, you have an answer for almost every question, even though you could like nitpick and fight down every almost every question right. in terms of like, well, where, where this is or who's involved, who should be involved in this here or there. But in, in this world, a lot of it didn't make any sense to me. Um, and people who was, the, the questions that, to answer the questions, it kind of had answers, but it was so like weak and unsatisfactory in my opinion. You know, like, like, uh, like for one thing, why, what were those people doing up in Elysium? Well, you know, the, well, e- the easy excuse is, well, they could afford to go up there while the poor people have to stay in one. Right. Like, shanty but, uh, towns but, or whatever, but still. Right, like, but the problem um, is that, I don't know. the problem is that if you're doing better world building, then they, they, they have so many ways to sabotage Elysium, and other than just, well, we somehow controlling the resources, like how? It's just one space station. How yeah, much control exactly. do they have? Mm-hmm. They didn't seem to have any major control in terms of, um, the robots was powerful, but not really. It could still really sabotage these things. Um, another big problem I had with Elysium is like, wait, isn't the whole planet supposed to be like this? So where are the good, hundreds good of question. ships going yes, up? Yes. Yeah. Where the hundreds of ships going up is only this one little tiny group learn to hack the, the two or three ships a year, really? Um, another thing is that they could have come up with a better system. Like it should have had more space stations in my opinion. Like you have a whole network of space stations. So you really get a sense of an oppressive kind of regime. You know, controlling um, Earth, 
like you, got, you know, I don't know. It's stuff like that I find. Um, and then it had a bunch of other dumb shit in it, like oh, dice how, dice how he decided to go, dice how he decided to get injured because of the radiation, and it just really contrived, you know, um, you know, inciting incident. Um, yeah, yeah. It, a lot of it didn't work. Um, it had its moments. It had some awesome moments. Again, the gun stuff was great as usual. It yep, was like another yep, first yep, person yep, shooter. Yep. Yeah. Um, actually, Adolfo comes back as the villain, which is he was awesome in this. I thought he's the only person. Only reason I liked it for the most part. Matt Damon kind of fell dead. I yeah, heard, I, 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 I kind of forgot what he did. <laughs> what his motivation was anyway. Yeah, but I don't think he's shit. terrible in it, but I just don't remember what he did. No, what what he was sick. He got he got a radiation poisoning, so he had to he needed the the, the magic, you know. Um, the, the magic healing machine. Yes. <laughs> right. That is basically what happened. And then they had to hack him and hack into Elysium and they wanted to. It had a whole dumb story. It was weird. And it, right. you know, president. It, the president was Jodie Foster was, and she had a wet accent to this. And she was trying to control things by changing the system for some reason and trying to go behind the government because she she hate poor people so much. And they tried to do this complex political plot, but a lot of it didn't work or fell or, and just fell flat. Mm. Uh, and yeah, he, so I was like, oh, you, you already get to see what has happened when somebody from outside. The system, um, you just get to see what has happened when, uh, when you actually start to work within Hollywood, it'll fuck with you. Kind of like Joseph, um, kind of, I'll, I'll say like Joseph Padilla and Robocop is another example like that. He's from oh, Brazil, he's an excellent Brazilian filmmaker, and then he just do this, this really that, that, satire. That, that, that remake that we all wanted. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, here's the thing. He was kind of, in many ways, he's kind of the perfect person to do Robocop if you're doing a remake. Um, because of, you know, his understanding Brazilian crime and that whole culture, no? Yes, but yes. It, he just because of this, this, the studio, the studio just fuck with him. And that movie, I'll actually defend a little bit in the sense that if it was rated R, it would have been much better. Of like, course, Duh. much better. Yeah, yeah, shit like that. So it's little stuff like that. He yeah, does have no power over as an outsider filmmaker. No matter how good you are, sorry, Hollywood will fuck you. Yes. And you currently they've do been doing about it for that. decades, people. Yeah, yeah, sorry to say it. They have very few foreign filmmakers who come in and you know control the situation. Very few. Yeah. And yeah, he was a person like that, and then he decided to do Chappie, and boy, yeah, it got even worse. Ch- Ch- Chappie, like I say, I I never saw. I just heard bad things about it. I heard that the characters were terrible. I heard that. Right. I don't know. Just the story didn't. Yeah, really a lot work. Of, again. I just heard again, things, yeah. really. So I, a lot I just of Chappie it. again. It was it was it was more extreme than it was much worse than Elysium in the sense of a bunch of good ideas, and a lot of it fell flat. And look, I like Diane Wood. I like what Diantwood, I should say. I don't know is it, how to pronounce the name. Is this, I, I think you know, it's Dutch. Di Antwood. I think it is. Uh, Di Dutch, I can't remember. And those those two are terrible fucking actors. I, I, I mean, they I, have I a, heard that. I heard they were they like have, the worst thing in the whole movie. Right. They have, they have great energy. And look, they have great energy and personality. Just, just raw, you know, and it's South Africa. And it, it, these two guys just punk, punk rocky, crazy shit. Um, but, dude. And I, I kind of like some of the music, I'll admit. But... They just, it, they cack at all. Neither of them could act. They just were terrible on screen. They, they did not control themselves. You could tell they, could, they didn't have any, like, self-control on set. So they just had to do the, the blandest way. And they did not control and channel that energy to put it on, on the, the screen. So it was just nonsense. And, you know, the, again, the ideas were okay, but it just it just fell flat. Now, I, I, I know a lot of people who, like, actually defend this film. It wasn't that bad. But, yeah, it, this didn't work for me. And so, again, you realize, holy shit, this man really can't you know, control things. So I was like, when I saw he have his own, his own studio and he's like, oh, well, you're going to try to go outside the system, man. You know, you're going to make his own movies with Blackjack and Hookers. I was like, um, all right, cool. He's going to um, try to do something interesting and it's going to look like shit and it's going to be um, like really boring storytelling 
and terrible. And I was like, when I saw he had Sugoni Weaver for his project, I was like, whoa, that kind of well, that ain't so bad then. Exactly. And this was actually a, su- a present surprise. Um, yes, it, it was, was a lot was. better. It wasn't the best thing ever. It was still kind of bland storytelling. But to me, you should be like, they should get him to take over from Fallen Skies or something because this is like almost identical to Fallen Skies, and it was way better. Holy shit, it was okay. actually really grimy. He went right. back to the grime, the grimy rated our nature district. Now we get to see people get to shatter into meat, and yeah. and this I actually enjoyed. Um, decent world building, nothing too brilliant. If you watch Fallen Skies, it's pretty much the same story in many ways. Um, but they make it real gross and, and grimy, and you know, world building was a lot better. But I really enjoyed this. I, I didn't think this was so bad at all. Hmm. Well, I, I I pretty much enjoyed it as well too. Um, the premise, without really spoiling too much, is just essentially like just these aliens very very vicious aliens just come down you know looking at us humans as just like meat and just torturing us in all kind of ways and all that kind of stuff and it's just this one last stand against these alien invaders it just yeah. basically centers on this um this black character i i i was you know all through this i was wondering if he was raka but i could be wrong i'm not sure what right. the means but basically yeah. he has the same sort of these this kind of um telepathic powers that these right. aliens have and these aliens right. themselves, um, they are reptilian in appearance, and I really, ki- I, I really like the um, the apparent. Uh, I really like the the uh, character design for these creatures. There were yeah. some some points where, like, the head itself looked like it just felt like it could just kind of detach itself from the body. Right. You know, it it, it kind of just threw them off a little bit. But other than that, though, what we see and is basically just um, split into three chapters. Um, the whole film pretty much runs for twenty two minutes, and it's just right. basically like um, just seeing how these aliens have kind of you know tried to wipe out humanity and now these these humans you know taking this last chance to try and wipe them out you know so it's just basically your introduction to this 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 grander this bigger story here this world yeah yeah and Uh, yeah yeah i i I pretty much enjoyed it as as well um i was impressed by what he managed to do with the the budget like i don't know what you know how much it was but just what he managed to do in terms of you know set design and cinematography yes the cinematography is superb um sound design was great uh, the music is ominous and dark as you would expect yeah from a dark uh, film like this and yes this film is really 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 dark to the point yeah. like you know it's like almost hopeless it's just a budget like just doom and gloom for the most yeah. part of it but i do like in the, the the second half where you do see little glimmers of hope though um the characters were pretty interesting though uh but i understand because of time you really can't develop everybody right. you know um yeah. there, there are one or two characters who are developed but you know once again because of time you can't really do that much i felt that the ending you know well the ending kind of ends in such a way where it's like yes i want to see what happens next yeah. um but yeah, in, in terms of just creating this world, making me kind of believe it in a way and making me kind of care. Okay, you know, I could just be watching all this stuff and be like, yeah, well, humans will rise up, well, you know, one way or the other. But here, it really does feel like, yeah, this is really a last effort. If this thing doesn't work out, then that's it, you know? You really do feel that dread um, throughout the entirety of, 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 of this um, film. Uh, what else? The visual effects I thought were, were pretty decent, and right. I really it's, like I really like what, what Neil kind of doing here with this old studio here. It reminds me because right. um, like I watched the promo uh, for Old Studio. It's like what is Old Studios, right? And right. one of the guys was saying this is kind of like a Roger Co- Corman kind of thing, and I was thinking, yeah, in a way it is. You know, it's like yeah, Neil yeah. and he has his ideas. He has a team of you know um, visual effects artists 
at the side and you know and it's just about them just creating these quote-unquote experimental films and you know even with this with the way how this story was told was kind of experimental a lot of flashbacks and flash forwards but it done in such a way where you're not really sure which is which really you're just kind of just seeing images and stuff like that um i just like the idea that you know a guy like neil could actually just do stuff like this you know it's not like he has to he has any deadline to worry about or you have That's to right. send a That's studio the important part. you know so it's glad that he is he basically has his own playground to do whatever he yes. wants you know right. but still please the fans of those who were right with him ever since district nine you know and that's yeah. a great thing after respect yeah yeah when I, went, so when I heard the word Raka, I thought it was something related to um, the situation in Syria. Because um, there's a place called Raka, I think it's either Syria or Iraq or something like that. But that's oh, R-A-A-R-A-Q-Q-A. R-A-Q-Q-A. So oh. I thought it was something related to that. And well, in a sense, it's kind of like that because it's like war and, and, you know, suicide bombing and shit like that. Like how desperate they are to fight against an occupying force. Yeah. So yeah, it, yeah. Might, it might have some subtext there, maybe. Um, basically, what's happening to the humans is is essentially the same thing that what hap- what the machines did to the humans in the Matrix. That that real similar template to everything. Yes. Uh, yes. Oh, and, and, sh- and the subject of that, by the way. Um, well, good thing you mentioned Matrix as well too. I saw. Well, you know, it's it's clear there. I saw um, allusions to um, to you know to Terminator Two. Right. Uh, well, yeah. Sorry, more That's Terminator same. One actually. You know, with those right. underground. Right, um, that same, sort of, same look know, to everything. Yeah. You can tell he just wanted to tell his story. But again, it's not the most original premise, but, you know, again, it's not that you tell the story, but it's how you tell your story. Exactly. I, don't expect, I don't expect some brilliant new science fiction or any shit like that. Tell yeah. a good story, uh, I, I, I find with that. Don't do nothing to blow my way, right? Exactly, and, and, and that's the thing with the story here. It's just not really like, okay, we're going to tell you this, this exciting story with a beginning, middle, and, and end. It's just... Okay, I'm going to show you this this very mind blowing short film, and you're gonna yeah. be like, "Wow, this is like Hollywood," but it's not. You know what I mean? And right. I'm just gonna blow your mind for 22 minutes, including credits, yeah. and that's it. It's not like okay, you're gonna get some kind of satisfying conclusion. You're gonna get more, and I'm hoping that we do get more. I know it's ex- yeah, experimental, no. but you can't yeah, just start a, a story like this and just drop it. You know what I mean? Yeah, from what I understand, it's something akin to a series. I have no idea. Like, I haven't done any research to see how much episodes it is or anything like that. But, yeah, I think we're just going to get extra stuff. Um, I just thought, look, this is kind of the dream in a sense. Look, you'll never... Look, in the end of the day, it have a serious price to pay, you know, in in um, in um, Hollywood. And yes. Hollywood, the thing is creators and, and filmmakers and the, these kind of types tend to, you know, it tend to suffer from what you call the poor master problem, which is... You prefer to be a poor master than a rich servant, ultimately. And dude, this man that's isn't deep, a really good. Eh? No, I'm saying that's deep, by the way. <laughs> right? Yeah. No. And and that's the you know that's kind of the position you have in it. You prefer to approach life like this. In the end of the day, yeah, I more power to Neil Blomkamp. I I prefer shit yeah. like this. May I have creative freedom, but oh, it's not looking like say a big big Hollywood movie like Pirates of the Caribbean, the Marvel films, or something like that. Yes. Okay. You'll never. It'll never look like that. Fine. But. You could you could cut around shit like that, and you 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 not your budget not that big. And to me, this is the ideal place where filmmakers should be. Another person, another company like that is kind of A two four is another company like that, and of course, um, Blumhouse. You know, yes, it's in yes. this great place where you have creative freedom, you don't have studio suits fucking up your film with the bullshit, and you just make your movie. And yeah, there's a sweet place to be, and I'm just totally happy that I am more powerful than Neil Blomkamp. I want him to do other projects. I want him to hire other great sci-fi minds. Little, you know, younger filmmakers coming up. You know, he could be the sci-fi A24, the sci-fi Blumhouse now. Because sci-fi get to the point now where you could do any shit with this, and but it had to be its own thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, yeah, he could be a guy like, yeah, just yeah, look, five million dollars, do something. You know, 
give you a 90 minute something and you tell a real damn good story. Yeah. And that's how you go and be from here on in again. You know, he be doing things. And this is where this is the real to me the real disruption of film. Not if some camera cheap or some shit like that. You know, you know, it ought to be like that. But to, to me, this is the real disruption film needs. Not not trying to, you know, break into Hollywood or any other shit. Cut yeah, cut them out. They're gonna fuck up. You know, they they they, they to me the content stuff anyway. We had a set of garbage movies this year already. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. To me, so far the best you know, one of the better films of the year was a five million dollar film. The movie that won the Oscar, guys. Yes, Guys. Moonlight, folks. Moonlight, Moonlight. won five million dollars. So the the, you know, the the little film that did. <laughs> yeah, the little film that could, right? Yeah. So do it. And this this had this is a real a real, a real sense of hope with this. I really really enjoyed what's going on here. Um, as I say, look at you know it really felt like Fallen Skies, and Fallen Skies is a show that started so good and then they fuck it up. Um, so so That's why I never got. No, yeah, it. no. That is basically why it it start good, not brilliant or great, just good. And then they fucked that up so royally. Holy crap. Um, I, I totally signed off for it after, after about the second, third season. I was like, yeah. Oh, how many real- seasons them- are in it, are in it again? I just- a lot, you know, it, it get, because the, I, I don't know why it had so much pull to get to not get cancelled by now. But and it had a uh, huge fan base, I guess. I don't know. I don't know, I don't know because I was like, who watching this? But apparently, <laughs> who watching it? I think, and well, Steven Spielberg was involved in it, but I don't know. But this this, this is where it should be. This is the new, new Hollywood in a sense. This is what, because it kind of harkening back to the time of Spielberg and them now. You yes, know, where yes, it does. You, you, they blow up into big massive successes, but before they did do the bullshit too, they do the small bullshit. It was nothing. This idea that you need to have a, a kingmaker and you know the producers need to lose power at this point, in my opinion. You know, very few producers actually care about the material. <clears throat> DC uh-huh, and uh-huh. Fox <laughs> fucking it up. Sony. Sony's like the, the poster child of this bullshit. Boy. Right? Where you know, so I really tired of this and in my opinion, they need to lose power. They need to really lose their, their, their grip on the system. I don't care how much money you have. Your movie's too bland. They're too watered down. They're too designed by committee. Too um, unoriginal. Too unoriginal. Stop that shit. Yes, you're giving open opportunities to people in an in a interesting way, but it, it coming across as just corporate sanitized bullshit and, you know, the, the, the box office reflecting that. So in the end, I look this this I, this hope for me in the future. If anybody could have done it, it would have been Blomkamp anyway. So uh, I really hope you know in the years coming we get to see you know films do some intro- you know he, he, opportunities for other younger filmmakers to come through this um, channel, not the big Hollywood system. This is the real disruption. Netflix and Yulu and this kind of stuff. So I just my two cents. All and right. Well, okay, good good run by the way, and very very good yes. points here. Uh, yes. What I would say includes, you know, that, yeah, this is very impressive here. It really does show, you know, the power of of, um, of YouTube, you know, just power of the small screen, you know. Um, yeah. We've been seeing it before with, um, with with Netflix, but now we're seeing it here with YouTube where I know it's amazing that this this seasoned director who has been in Hollywood, you know, for, for a while, you know, is willing enough and brave enough to actually, you know, not just create his own studio, but, you know, make the films that he wants to make and put them out for his fans out on YouTube. I, I think that's that's very impressive. Um, it really does show, not just for, for the big directors, but also for the indie directors out there that, you know, there are other options out there to put out your stuff. It's not just, oh, well, let's support film festivals and all that kind of stuff. If you want to make a show about, you know, Last Stand against this big alien race and you want to do it on, you know, do it small scale on YouTube, then why not, you know? And yeah, you know, um, props to, to Neil Blomkamp. I hope that he yeah. actually follows up this film here because I don't want it to just be this one-off thing that we just waited for years because, oh, we didn't have enough money. Um, right. But 
I really do want to see more from him. I, I, I do like the idea of it being experimental where you could try new things yeah. out. As for, you know, the future with him and Hollywood, I'm not sure. I can't really say. I would kind of like for him to actually make some kind of big um, sci-fi classic, you know, under Hollywood. Oh, look. I don't know if yeah, it'll look. happen, but if he has anything, no, he, has anything. he has this and I have, you know, respect him. Again, if you if look, as I say, I, the ultimate situation with Hollywood is that you want to have the benign dictator, right? Yeah. Where you have the resources, you have the, 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 the pull, you have the, the energy and money, but you have real thing. And the, the, to me, the decent balance is not the best best ideal situation, but the decent compromise is what Marvel is doing, right? For the most part, right? What Disney is doing, for the most part, where they're pulling small directors and then they, they're propping them up. I love um, James Gunn. He's a really creative guy. But you could tell that compromises are still made. That of is course, fine. Yeah. But that means like, if you think about it, they're probably the only guys who are doing it in terms of that level and that scale. And all. Everything else is bullshit. Sony, bullshit. Fox, bullshit. Sorry. DCU, well, they're in a kind of weird place right now. I don't know what's going on yet. But so far, bullshit, right? In my opinion. Yeah. Right? And then everything else is just tiny, tiny stuff in terms of like actual interest in material. Right, studios just going by the numbers with this bullshit. Now, yeah, kind of making money, but only making money by raw attrition. Yeah, in the sense that, well, it's just it have a bunch of popcorn eating masses out there, and they're gonna watch this bullshit anyway, kind of thing. Um, and then we well, have China, <laughs> which yeah. is a different story entirely. Um, and y- you have these kind of noble failures as well. It's not to say that you're not getting interest in stuff. I mean, take for example Duncan Jones and Warcraft, right? Yeah, yeah. That that was a kind of noble failure. It was, it was, it to me, it fell flat. Um, a lot of it didn't work, although it, it did bank in China. Um, but in the end of the day, it's like, yeah, you had to have a, a weird compromise. And to compromise for how Western audiences, and I, I don't know what to call us, I don't know what to call this current audience of filmic, film intelligence consumers, here for the most okay. part. Consumer, right, film consumers in the West, where we're very, very jaded. We're, we're kind of past postmodernism at this point in terms of like what we want from our films, how we want our ideas to be, how deep and conscientious we want them to be. Um, but you could tell that it have other markets that you're going to cater to from here on in. And I'm going to talk about that with, with um, our review of the money, yeah? Yeah, because, yeah the money. Boy, Which we'll, we'll get to in a bit, guys. Don't yeah. Worry. Um, um, but, but good point. So what I would just, well, this final, final thing. Um, if I could read it, though, I would say it, it is worth checking out. I mean, it's on YouTube. Yeah. You can't go wrong with that. Um, what I would say, though, if you... If you seriously love sci-fi, then you will enjoy every minute of this. If you yeah. don't care about sci-fi, if sci-fi is like your least favorite genre, then you wouldn't care for this at all. You just yeah. watch this and be like, it's just gloom and doom and death and right. reptilian creatures. You wouldn't care about it at all. Right. But if you love sci-fi, this this here rocker is for the sci-fi heads out there. And yeah, if right. you are one, I strongly recommend it. You check it out. And yeah, support Oat right. Studios, man. I mean, Neil, do your thing, man. No, but and as I say, as I say, when it comes to science fiction, you could either go one or two directions for the most part, where you could either have a really, really genuinely interesting premise, original idea and premise, and subvert those tropes, um, right? Where you could do that, like I don't know, I don't know what, what movie off the top of my head, probably Interstellar or something ambitious like that, but because it's so ambitious, you're not executing the idea so properly. That is one trade-off, or you could have. Uh, not so original premise, but you flesh it out in a really nice, detailed way. Right? Raka kind of does this, and that's the second camp. Right? And then the third option is what Jordan Peele did, where you have a straightforward idea and premise that, you know, it's, as I say, it's like a, a, a Twilight Zone or Outer Limits episode, but you do a lot of modern sociopolitical subtext with it. 
Yes. Right? Yes. So you had a you had a gap have one of those three hooks. One of those three hooks. Solid world building. And it's, it's two I'll say it's two out of three in most cases, right? right. You pick two or something, you pick one and do it very well. But those those are the three kind of the general trifecta to make a to make a film work. And well I don't know any films off the top of my head in recent times that did all three. Um you know, for me the last time a film did all three for me was probably the first Matrix. Um right. But that's, that's about it. I can't think of any film, any big modern sci-fi film that really do that for me. Personally, I can't think of the top of men. What's the big sci-fi wow. film for you that come out recently? That real like, blew your wave. If I can't think about it, it probably didn't stick. Yeah, I, I try I to think, think of some myself. Yeah, yeah. I can't, I can't yeah. think of the top of men that is like, wait, boy, this was real mind-blowing mm-hmm. kind of thing. Interstellar was probably the closest, maybe. But even that kind of fell apart coming out to the end here. Um, yeah, I can't think. Or probably X Machina, maybe. Yeah, which, which which was your favorite movie of 2015? Right, yes. probably X Machina. That's probably the only thing I could kind of. But even X Machina was still, you know, it, it did a lot of, a lot right, but it still had a lot of dupes in it in terms of the script. Like I'm a you know I'm a nitpicky kind of guy in that way. I don't know. Mm. Whatever. Right. Uh, Rockers, you hope for the future. I love it. Yes, yes, yes. Um, see me yeah. here too. By all means, yeah. guys, check it out as soon as you can. Like I say, it's for the for the diehard sci-fi heads. You'll have a blast this one. So we'll stick with the post-apocalyptic team here, and now we're going to get to um, the TV series based off of the quote-unquote controversial (laughs) 1985 novel of the same name. Of course, I'm talking about The Handmaid's Tale, right? Yes. Wow. Margaret Atwood. Yes. um, The book, which I have not read, but I am familiar with the movie which came out in 1990. I haven't seen it, but I know that it came out then. Um, I don't know what the reception was. I don't think it was like that bad of a movie. Um, right. But I'm glad that, you know, just somebody just decided in this day and age to actually do over the story, you know, retell it yeah. in this case through um, television. Um, yeah, I mean, holy, speaking of sociopolitical sub- subtext, holy crap, what perfect timing for the series. Yes. Right. Um, <laughs> especially what going, especially what going through the, what going on with the American left in particular. Um, you know, again, I, I've been a little hyperbolic with that, you know, with the, with the given reality, but it totally fits in many ways. I mean, some, you know, a lot of this um, falls in line, you know, especially with uh, women's rights, feminism. And if you want to be serious and not be hyperbolic about it, a lot of this is going on in many other parts of the world. Yes, um, yes, actually yes. going on. Uh, so you could probably make that case. Uh, for the most part, this is, is... The thing is, by the time the book came out, it wasn't that impressive with the whole idea of a social dystopia. The idea of a social dystopia, not, not a overall apocalyptic dystopia but what they do is they create a scenario and then you have a social dystopia right and by the time the book came out it had the premise of like a 1960s or 70s dystopia but it was written by the time 1985 yeah, so yeah. it came in the tail end of that whole i don't know subgenre in a sense yeah it reminded me uh, a lot like, like you know like um 1984 fahrenheit 451 those those right, kind of shows right. uh, sorry those kind of right, books, those kind of books. Yeah. right exactly and it's a pretty short book for the most part oh um, really okay but yeah, it's not that long of a book, and it doesn't do as much world building as this. And I'm gonna get into one little small detailer, one nitpick I have, but I could see why it could still work to it for the most part. So I'm not, I'm not fighting it. I don't have a big problem with it. I had a big problem with it when the first episode was out, but see, you know, the entire season is like, all right, that ain't so bad. It actually make a lot of sense once they explain the world. The world building is a lot better than I expected it to be. Anyway, um, this is a solid damn series. It's about a character called Offred. Mm-hmm. All right, um, uh, what's her real name again? Um, shit. Uh, Suzy. No, oh, um, June, 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 June. June, Osborne. sorry, yeah. That was her name. Uh, it's played by one of my favorite actresses. Elizabeth um, Moss. 
I'll well, not... talk about her performance in in this series after. Yeah. But no, but she she like she has just so many good shows. She's in 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 Mad Men. She's in a in a show that I love. I, I totally recommend to people. And it's a season two supposed to be coming out soon called Top of the Lake. Is I've a, been a really hearing da- about this show a lot. Dude, a lot of great things about that show. I dare, not, I dare not spoil the ending of that season to you because it completely catched me off guard. Holy shit, that fucking shit catched me off guard of what they was doing with that. Uh, that finale is like, what? That is what going on there? That catched me off guard. I don't, I don't know if anybody else gets, guessed that. I didn't guess the ending of that first season at all. And I really hope it gets a second season. Think of it as a New Zealander version of, of True Detective. It's kind of like that. Right. Um, it's somewhat like a kind of true detective of, of New Zealand. <laughs> ah, dice out okay, nice. And what I will, another big thing about it is that all the people from the piano is in, a lot of people from the piano is in it. Um, like what, Holly you Hunter know, that, and, um, Holly Hunter, right, yeah. Um, they, and I think, I think they wanted to get Anna Parkwin to come back, but they couldn't get her because she was, she was in, um, True Blood at the yeah. time and they couldn't get her. That she was the only person I was missing. But almost everybody from, a lot of people from piano comes back in this, yeah. And dude, that was such a damn good series for me. I mean, holy shit. And she was really good in that. That is the show I, I always reference. Right. It's not men I reference. I reference Top of the League. Um, right. But anyway. Okay. Elizabeth Moss is a damn good actress for the most part. And almost everyone is good in this. And then, well, two people from shows that we talked about last two, two um, episodes um, is in this. Yeah. You know, your girl from your girl from Orange is the New Black. Of course, Samira Wiley. Yeah. It's like, whatever yeah. happened to, to, to um, Pussy was, oh, I watched Pussy, it. right. Here she is. And then... <laughs> And then your girl from your girl from Le- the leftovers, she's in this as well. That is um and Dowd, I think. Oh, that is the Aunt Dowd. Okay, okay. Like because I um like I alright, like the character, uh, Aunt Lydia, yeah. she plays Aunt Lydia. Um I'll talk yeah. about her as well too. So yeah. I didn't know that she was she was Aunt Dowd. Okay. Okay. Okay, that woman, she doesn't know how to play scary older middle-aged white woman in a show yeah, but she goddamn was, she was she was frightening in this show yeah oh because she 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 was scary as fucking in the leftovers and she's scary as fucking this holy crap hmm. she plays that character that 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 caricature that that um she's a great character actor in that way right, right. um she was just so good in 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 the leftovers for me i loved her in leftovers especially that second to last episode in season three boy she was scary as shit in that because she played a scary character in, in throughout the series and when she comes back and well you'll see what they do with that mm-hmm. i'll see when you watch it uh, not, uh, not yet, but I will, don't worry. Yeah, yeah, don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, don't yet. You, should, you should take it in. Um, boy, she damn scary, but she was damn scary in that. And then as Aunt Lydia, <laughs> holy crap. Scary as shit as Aunt Lydia in, um, in LA. Because, you know, it's the idea of when you get into the whole how our social system like this is run, is that, oh, it's a patriarchy. And it's like, yeah, it's a patriarchy, but women run that shit. Yeah. A lot of women make sure that that stuff is maintained. And that... That part of it is really, really goddamn frightening. Exactly. And again, to make an analogy, I don't want to get too political eh, as, as well. But yeah, a lot of that goes on in the Muslim world. A big part of it is that um, the only way that system is run is not because of men alone. Is that it have a big concerted effort. It's, it's in a sense a kind of to serve a, a, a feminist, a, not a feminine, feminist purpose, but a feminine um, power structure as well. And to a certain extent, there's a hidden shell that needs to be destroyed now if you want to take down a system like this. And yeah. They do that. They, they they illustrate that that paradigm so goddamn well in this. Um. Anyway, you wanna get through this series, run through this series, season for us, and tell us what it's about and why it's so goddamn possible and scary. I'll I'll, I'll do my best. So yeah. this is an alternate reality. It's um some odd years into into um into the future here, and pretty much it's about this um government called Gilead, and the yeah. it's it's like 
right on the edge of this civil war that's going on. So they are more or less ruling the country right now. And they are this uh, Christian fund- uh, fundamentalist group. And yeah. they just are like just Old Testament Bible thumpers, basically. That's the best way I can describe them. And pretty much they set up this society where, um, where women, or at least in this case, fertile women, because in this alternate reality here, um, similar to a film that this that this series brilliantly references, Children of Men. Yeah, there's an issue yeah, of infertility yeah. that's going on here. Now. So right. um, somehow Gilead um, winds up finding these um, fertile young women. They bring them yeah. in, into this um, this pretty much this upper class society. They're given all these rules. And if they don't abide by these rules, they could suffer torture or even worse, death. In this case, yeah. their job is basically to give birth to the um, yeah. you know give birth for the for the men basically in this um in the society here, and yeah. the story pretty much follows um Elizabeth Moss's character who plays um Alfred. So basically, what happens is that um if you're the person that you are assigned to, so let's just say the, the guy's uh, maiden name is Red, so your name will be called Alfred, and if it, yeah Fred, Fred, Fred sorry right yeah. off yeah. so it's O F sorry yeah, of, yeah, yeah of right okay. I was yeah. thinking OFF for some reason there. No, no, right. no, it's Fred. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um, throughout the entire show, uh, well, we learn right off the bat that um, she was married before. She was married to this black man and she had a, a child. And they were on the run from these soldiers. And basically their job is just to round up these um, these women and bring them to this, um, this society, yeah, basically. So we see how that turns out. And then later on in the show, we see uh, what happens to um, to her husband, and then also her friends. And we see I, I really this is one thing I really like though how we see like a before and after thing. So before we see how life was yeah. before, you know, when she was with her friends. In this case, they start off focusing on uh, Moira, who's played by Samira. Um, Samira, and um, yeah, we see how their lives were before, and then we see how things had to change when you know the 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 army steps in and then you know starts grabbing these women and all that kind of stuff and just seeing them in this new society trying to deal with these things and basically it's more like you know just these these individuals forcing religion down their throat basically telling them that this is what you have to do this is what god says and all that kind of stuff but you know deep down inside they know that you know it's wrong but you know they have they're pretty much slaves right um at this point in time they really can't do anything about this um right and all through well just basically you're just seeing how um Offred survives in this society and how she tries her best to just you know you know to just basically looking for hope out there in this seemingly hopeless situation and i'll just jump into yeah. my review here one time um so i keep saying hopeless here because like you see ricardo you were lucky enough to watch a show every week right I right. had the privilege of binging all 10 episodes one yeah, at a yeah. time. And Apparently my a... God, boy. This thing really, really, really hit me, boy. It hit me in my gut. It hit me in my heart. Yeah. This is a very depressing show. But I won't say it's yeah. a bad thing, though. Something like that needs to be really um, dismal and hopeless. And, you know, they right. would, like it reminded me a lot like um, like Silence, for example, where right. it forces the viewer to 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 you know it puts right. the viewer yeah. in their shoes it's like it, you you as if you are now wishing you could just put your hand out there in the screen and be like you know stop this you know don't yeah, do this yeah. but you can't you just have to sit back and watch these characters suffer not just physically but mentally and emotionally you know and just the things that these characters go through um one character in particular i forgot her name um she was the one who had her eye removed you know, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. They do that, that. That was that was goddamn dark. Yeah, <laughs> really and, crap. Right. So we see how the whole process 
uh, works where you know she um, where, where, where she uh, where she has to have sex with this guy and yes yeah. by the way those scenes are like so so gross not gross just so awkward weirdly awkward right yeah. like at like the first time I saw it I was I was kind of giggling but the more I saw yeah, it I was it, like it, yeah, yeah this gross. is just weird this is just too yeah. weird to laugh at yeah. you know but um and then of course she um she gives birth and then what happens afterwards boy? that that just shot him away that that just yeah no that, that was brutal wow. that was like holy way and, 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 when, and when we say brutal we just mean on an emotional yeah. level this is yeah, this yeah. is stop. where Total yeah, stop this is where the show yeah. really hits your heart boy. just yeah, emotionally nice. you know um yeah. but the performances throughout this are so 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 strong somebody yeah. had to get emmy for this somebody um my pick hands yeah. down is elizabeth moss reason being yeah. well this is just a clever choice just from just aesthetic in the in the series because they yeah. are handmaidens now you know um they they aren't given the opportunity to have makeup on their face you know so they look the way how they look without me uh, makeup basically right. right so in that case now in that regard with her without makeup on her face though she is able to express Right. You know, fear and anger, just the way how she does that, especially like yeah. in one scene, pivotal scene in the final episode, her in the back of her car. That's all I would say. And just how yeah. her facial features were, you know, when she was just yeah. laying loose and just being angry. Like I was like, right. geez, why this works so perfectly. Okay, you really but do they, see the they, pain they, in their faces yeah, and their heart, you know. Yeah. yeah, for me, for me, uh, is between her and Carrie Coon in, in, in Last of Us. Um, as that's my two choices for Emmy. Like, it's one of them had a gay. Holy shit. Right, Carrie Coon has been amazing uh, for Leftovers and then her for this. She'll probably get it because she's kind of the bigger name anyway. But I'm not sure. But I, I kind of call it that now. Yeah. Um, it's a troll between her and Carrie Coon. Carrie Coon could get it, but Carrie, because Carrie Coon was damn good troll <laughs> Leftovers season three. Right. But yeah, she could get it too. And it's probably, I, I, again, I, I want to, you see, I want to, if how political it is in terms of the, the relevance of it, you know, it's in the current uh, real political climate. Um, but, you know, at the same time, you know, you just think about it and you think it might be a bit hyperbolic. But for a lot of people, it might be the case. I mean, I, I, I can't put myself in that circle, that political circle. But at the same time, I kind of get how, you know, this could feed into the narrative now. Yeah. And, you know, the show would would the show have been more popular if a certain election went another way? Ah, yeah. Probably, I, probably not. Probably not, yeah. Probably it not, right? Uh, like a right. great idea, but wrong, wrong timing. Sorry, you know. Right. Right. But here's the, here's the thing, though. Um, as I said, in terms of world building, and again, the series does a good job of building that again. I had an issue with the idea of this even happening. Now, the idea of a Christian theocracy happening in the United States is a bit of a stretch. Um, for of me, course, considering but, because you have other religions involved. And, that, and well, that's one thing well, about no, the no, show. Well, no, no, no. They kind not of avoid that, showing, I, you know, no, Muslims okay. and stuff, you know. No, no. Here's the thing. It's not, that, not just that, but it's the idea of it happening in a modern sense. Um, and then the idea of it happening because of the internet. And that was a big debate I was having. I was having a big debate where the internet would have undermined this from happening. Right, like, how right. does it I, shut I down the internet in this way? Now, you could shut down the internet and I, you could get into the logistics of how the internet exists and the real world and whatnot. But it is notoriously difficult to shut down the internet in, the, in North America. You could easily shut down the internet in any other part of the world. But North America, not so easy. And I'm, talking about, not a, I'm not talking about just simple, well, oh, I could... Um, shut down your ISP and something like that. No, we're talking about the actual internet and how the structure itself works. Yeah, you can yeah. easily create small networks and communicate. But 
when the show went on, and it's mostly the first and second episode, I was kind of bitching about it. But when the show went on, and while my complaint was, well, all of this should have happened in 1985 when the book was written True. before the internet existed, and that would have made more sense, blah, blah, blah. Not necessarily. They, they do two things really, really well. One, they get into the aspect of how people are very aware of the situation and still can't do much about it because of a quote-unquote resource. Yes. And I was like, ah, that make, be- that make more sense. Because they explain, well, well, this is not really a spoiler, but they explain that, well, America has an unusually high amount of fertile women. And you could understand why they would maintain such a system in the United States and not want to interfere. Right? Which is a really good uh, 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 analogy to say Saudi Arabia, right? If you want to get into that that geopolitical paradigm of it, uh-huh. that made a lot of sense to me. Um, so that made the world work a little better. And then, well, the fact is already alternate reality anyway. Women could have children in the real world; they can't have, in the can't in this world. It's never explained necessarily how women can't can't have children. They well, well, like well, about. I would, I would, I would agree with you here but you know they never really explain in terms of men either you know it was just exactly this is how it, it is it but exactly this one it is one hope and blah 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 and all that stuff yeah. right and well book for book it's, it's kind of similar anyway because it's just a decent enough um system to cause societal collapse because if you can't, it's not so much about the disaster happening but the fact that it, you can't explain it yeah you don't know why it happened and because people didn't give any scientists a chance to try to figure out what was going on or how inefficient it is, that's the important part too, is that systems like this are not particularly efficient. It's just raw emotion and anger and rebellion in that sense that they take over the government and, you know, it end up becoming super religious. That makes a lot of sense too. So it, it, that, to me, from a world-building standpoint, that could happen. That actually makes a lot of sense to uh-huh. me. Um, another thing they do well is that they get into the hypocrisy of the whole thing. Um, not only in the aspect of, well, it have cultures of speakeasies in the sense of, well, you know, life before the times. So you had the kind of jazz club kind of thing, which was great. Yeah. Um, that was a, good, a, a pretty goddamn, you know, kind of disturbing sequence as well. And then the fact that a lot of men are also barren as well. I like that. Yeah. And it didn't get to that whole aspect of, well, if you really want to be efficient and actually help, this religious system will never work. But they don't care about that because it's more about power rather than... Um, Efficiency and trying to quote unquote help the world. Yeah, um, that and, I like. and, and you so actually you see that, that totalitarian aspect of it. Now. Yeah, and you, and you see that through um, the character of uh, Commander Fred. Well, Fred himself, yeah, by Joseph yeah. Fiennes, who I find was yeah. creepy. In yeah, this creepy way. as fuck. But in this. creepy Holy says shit. like you just don't know what this guy is up to. He normal, no, he'll talk he, with you good, but you don't no, know no. if he just gonna come behind you and stab you in your back and right. too sure. But that's but that's what make it that's what make it so scary is that everybody have this sword having over their head. Is it this this Damocles? situation yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, at, at any time you could come down and slice you down you had to keep keep aware that stop having fun realize the fucking system you're in and keep your head down now don't don't entertain it don't embrace it because it will destroy you when you get comfortable that is how it's designed and i like what they do the totalitarian aspect of it it they build the world much much better than the book the book is very sparse and just you know kind of does the bare bones mm-hmm. This does a lot better in terms of the world building, and I well, I don't. It's not too much to talk about because I just want people to watch it because it's so good. Right. Yeah, I was just gonna say a couple of things though. Um, yeah. All right. So on the subject of uh, Commander Fred, is also his wife, played by um, Yvonne Strasovsky, yeah. yeah, also from uh, from or Dexter. Uh, I haven't seen. Well, I right. I remember from Dexter actually. Um, right. I know from. Seasons. I know. I was. I know. I was Miranda Lawson from Mass Effect too. Oh really? And she she did voice um, voice actor for she's that. She's the voice and model. She's voice and acting the model as well. Ah. And and I know her from um, I forget his char- her character name, but she was from Chuck. Remember Chuck? Yes, yes. Right. Her character, Levan Shrutsky's character, is an interesting kind of. She, she acted really well in this. Yes, she did. She, I didn't she, think she, she was actually ever, did surprise me here. 
Yeah, I don't think she was ever a particularly good actress. She just she's a hot chick, you know. She's a hot chick, and in in Mass Effect, she was a kind of Bond girl, another hot chick role. But she played this role quite well of the idea of you're an attractive woman. Um, but what happens if you stop not being able to have kids? Yeah, that's and, a big and, problem. And not just that, but wanting to be loved by her husband. And you right. see a few, yeah, this... you few moments of that too, um, with her. And I really love those moments as well too, because it shows that yeah. she's not just this emotionally barren character, you know. Because first, when, yeah. when, he, when he introduces, like, well, you take it, she just yeah, don't cold. care, cold hearted to, yeah. to offer it. But then when you understand what's going on right. with her emotionally and physically, because, you know, right. she can't be a children, you understand, you know, and I right. like how it. it there's this balance with her character, basically. Right. And they get, they get into systems of power. Yeah, they do a kind of love triangle thing. They get a system of power. And then they get into the aspect of, um, well, you know, you're in a system that you're propping up, but the system going to cut you, bust you through too. When she, she have all these great ideas, but you're a woman, fuck off. Exactly, that's a, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's a big part of it, and I love that. They, they, get, they do some great world building, and they're surprising much, much better than expected. Oh, before we get to ratings, can we talk about how fucking well shot this shit is? Yes. Oh, my goodness. Holy crap. I was just so about to mention, is... though, the aerial shots. There are some sweet-looking yes. aerial yeah. shots in this movie, in this series. Yeah. Oh, my God. Especially in the compound. Like, those yes. scenes, they, 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 um, the first and last episodes came to mind. There are some exquisitely yeah. gorgeous-looking shots in this, yeah. in this series. Top down. Yeah. Top down. Look, the, you know, there's the, the when the information, when they're walking about. That um, formation, though. Yeah. That, yeah, that you know? like, just to, 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 to choreograph that, if you will, amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And then, just some, there's some of the internal scenes. I mean, and they, they do the washed-out ecstatic look. Again, yes. Zack Snyder, take notes. Um, <laughs> this is this is how to do washed-out look. Um, it, it, it fit with the scenario really, really well. Yeah. Um, you're ready. Again, if you want to, you know, you're doing mise-en-scene, you know, again, fancy French words. Yes. And, and you make it work. You get a sense of hopelessness. Yes, That's exactly. how you're supposed to do that shit. Even right down to, you like, the lighting and all, too. Like, you know, there yes. are moments where you will barely see that much lighting and some will be really bright. But, you know, mostly that's when, you know, the, the, the guards or, you know, the, the, the big individuals involved in the society, like, case in point, most of, like, Aunt Lydia's scenes are lit, but not too bright, of yeah. course, because, you know, yeah. she is bringing that darkness into, you know, those seats, yeah. you know. Just and those little, the, just the thought behind these, these you know, visual decisions, though, you know, make this really, make, you know, really do work out. Right. And they, they do, a, um, I should, I forget his name, the, the other guy who was having the affair with the, I forget the name, the fellow's the driver now. Um, Nick, um, yes, Nick, yes, Nick, right. right. So, they, get into, they, do, they do a good backstory to him as well, of how he get into the whole situation as well. Yes, yes. I, I, they I, do I, some I nice work with, with him. They would have kind of expanded it a little bit more. Um, right. But for what we were given, it was pretty interesting, because it kind of, Highlights. Oh well, this is the beginnings of this group. This is where the Gilead yes, started from develop. somehow. Right. Yeah. And it, right. And they make it. They make. They have it make sense. Um. They have it make sense in that sense. Now here's the thing. I don't know how long the show gonna go on because I show that can go on. In my opinion, it can go on too long. The book is not that long, so I don't want to see them do any kind of big set of um, big set of war bullshit or anything like that because it ain't about that. Um. But. I'd like to see what they could do with it, and it'll, it'll be interesting. As I say, when you when your real world politics kind of messing up your 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 your, your fiction, mm-hmm. it'll be interesting where the writers go and do with this. Yeah, um, and it's a good thing to bring up yeah. that because you know Margaret Atwood is actually involved creatively in this series, which is great. You know? Well, of course. Did you see her in the? Did you see her in the um in the first episode? No, uh, she she was yeah. she was who? She has a cameo. So remember when in the, I think it's the first episode when you're slapping them around and it had a person slap her friendly face up close in the background. It had a woman that kind of weird frizzy, frizzy kind of afro. Yes. She's one of the. She's one of the. I think either the enforcers or the aunts in the background. I forget what she played. 
I would assume she's she's probably her aunt. Yes, that that's the name of right. the of the um matriarchs basically. Well, well, at least the ones right. who have to um instruct the uh yeah, handmaids. They call right. them aunts. Yeah, but she there's a little scene there's a little scene with her where you see her slap off red and she was in the background out of focus. That's her. Oh, okay, okay. I remember that. I was wondering, wait, because she was supposed to see right. She was supposed to respond to something. And then all of a right. sudden she just gets slapped. Blow! Is like, wait, no, right. why the slap? Right. Yeah, that that you know? that's 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 Margaret Atwood there. Oh, she's okay. dead. Yeah, the, um, <laughs> she's dead. She's dead. Yeah, um, it, 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 just a little quick yeah. cameo. It's a nice little funny cameo. It's like, okay, uh, well done. Yeah, <laughs> you know, you know what to look for. All right. Um. Well, let's yeah. see this before we we jump into ratings. So, um, if I have like just flaws, um, personally, I do find some of these episodes to be just a little bit long. And why well, say that now? Because because these the you know the story itself is just so emotionally draining you know it yeah. will kind of get on people's nerves just you know the the length of time these episodes run because you're kind of wishing for something to happen i don't mean like just story-wise but you're just hoping for some glimmer hope somebody to make some kind of action and um at the very end you kind of do see that but you know if you're expecting some kind of big lavish explosion based kind of thing you're going to be yeah. very disappointed here it's not that it's about yeah. the little tiny little moves that you know or fred has to make um yeah. in in you know in in freeing herself you know from from the system um yeah. personally i just was expecting the ending to you know i was expecting her to do something a little bit bigger but you know it's no. just a small little action it's like ah you know yeah. But still I kinda understand the context of the of the story right. why, you know. Because you really do need to feel that sense of hopelessness. And you yeah. know, this show does that so well. Um what I would say though, just you know, if, if you do intend on watching I do I really recommend that you do. Right. Just go in knowing that this is going to tug at your heartstrings. This is gonna yeah. this is gonna be a challenging <laughs> show for you to watch too. If you yeah, if you like your your series to be all happy and bright and sunshiny nope. This is not that type of show, but what really saves it though from, from, you know, <laughs> what would prevent you, the viewer, from grabbing a gun and shooting y- yourself in the head, is the strong performances, the you know the, yeah. the characters, the well fleshed out characters, the uh, dialogue, you know, the the um, just the way how these episodes are written and how they're constructed, and just from a visual perspective. I mean, as depressing as this show is, this is a very gorgeous looking series. So probably one of the yeah. best looking shows I've seen this year hands down um, I'm not too excited to see um, season 2 just because I had to binge <laughs> this whole thing and I just came out of it really feeling bad about myself you know I just felt bad about being a man <laughs> temporarily but still um, this was a very solid season and you know I, I, I hope personally that they don't stretch this thing out too long before people just kind of write it off one time but you know, yeah, I just expected maybe two more show? seasons, just like leftovers, and just yeah, try it. You know, end it off. End, yeah, end it I really hope. I really hope. It's a show that can, if they make the mistake, they could be if they're not careful, they could um, it can overstay its welcome in a sense. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Here's the thing. Oh, one. So before I get married, I just is one little thing I just want to talk about before uh, before we go with this is that they do one big change, and I I, I got why they change it. So in the book, um. The, the system of Gilead is fundamentally white supremacist. So oh, there is no okay. black, there are no black people to speak of. And when it, it goes back to that old biblical sons of Ham nonsense, no. right. um, that, that is what they pulled that from. So they don't really have that many black people. I think black people are it have, I think it have pockets of the United States that have black people in it, but it's really small and it do, they're not intermingled like how the show has it where you're seeing black soldiers and black 
troopers and wherever it is and, and police officers. You know, see, they don't have that in the world. It's all white, very white supremacists. Um, and it, in the United States, history, there have a lot of overlap between what you call dominionist movements and white supremacy anyway. So that made a lot of sense when she wrote it. Like, you totally understand why that will be. But I get why in this show they made that change and didn't make it a thing in this one. You just kind of get rid of that aspect because it'll probably complicate the story and the, 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 the message of it. You know, it's to keep on focus on what they want to tell. Um, so that was, I think, in my opinion, that was a smart change. Right. Um, and I would have made probably roughly a, a similar change if I was in charge of this. That's, I get why they did that. Um, but that is about it. Um, yeah, for me, this I this was, season was pretty goddamn high. I give it a 9 out of 10. Again, a couple of nitpicky issues here or there. But they, they, they for the most part, did it, did it right. And, yeah, this was excellent for me. Uh, uh, Emmys, it might win some Emmys. This is some Emmys. I, I could see winning some Emmys. All right, well, for me, I, I really had to wrestle with Moraitan here because yeah, I wouldn't say that I walked out of it saying, yes, I love this show, you know what I mean? I, I came out <laughs> of it feeling the way how this show wanted me to feel. I felt bad. I felt angry. I felt like I just wanted to do something about it, but I couldn't, you know? This is the same way how yeah. I felt with, with, with Silence, you know? That's that same feeling that I got, you know? And I'm glad that something like this, you know, somebody actually decided to take the risk to actually tell a story like this, um, in this day and age, you know what I mean? Something that will challenge viewers. It's not just, oh, well, you're just watching the show because it's popular and it's fun and everybody talks about it. It's something to really challenge you, you know what I mean? Um, so, with that being said, I would give this a decent four to five stars. Um, it is worth checking. Definitely worth checking out. If you do get a chance, yeah. just go in knowing that this is not going to be happiness and joy and, you know, right. love conquers all and all that kind of stuff. It's not that type of story. But, you know, if you could stomach it, if you... Just go in knowing what to expect, then you will come out being. You might feel angry like I, like I did, but you know you if 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 you go into this expecting to be, imp, to uh, expecting like an emotional impact, then you're gonna get um definitely with this one. Um, I do yeah. see this one being on a number of top ten lists for sure. Um, Emmys, I would love it to win at least. You know, I I wanted to to win a couple of Emmys, especially for Elizabeth Moss, who I thought really killed it. Um, and yes, Android as well too. So now I really want to see leftovers and see just how bad her character was if it was like similarly or whatnot um but yeah but uh, apart uh, yeah. from that though yeah handmaid's tale season one knocked the win out of me emotionally but i still would recommend this in a heartbeat right so now we could get into movies but um in this case we only have two to talk about the first one yeah being the much anticipated biopic of you know legendary west coast rapper tupac shakur of course i'm talking about yeah. all eyes on me um, Ricardo yeah. didn't get around to seeing it, but I did, so I will share my thoughts on that. But right. you managed to see the hopefully first entry in Universal's quote-unquote dark universe um, yeah. called The Mummy. Yeah. I was, I mean, I would just say this, just first of all, I was kind of keen on seeing it at a point in time, and then those reviews came in, and I was just like, yo, I, I don't know, I don't know. I Maybe I should just take a little breather from that one, I really end up. But um, but yeah. you think we should just jump in the mummy or just do the all eyes? I uh, don't really. Well, mummy, uh, uh, mummy, gonna be the more interesting discussion. Not for the film itself. Um, film is kind of bullshit. But uh-huh. what it what it means. Um, what the film means and why it was made the way it was. All right. You know we can. Uh, now now this conversation not going to be that interesting because I think a lot of people already had it. Um. So that's why I'm not sure what you want to talk about first, but you, well, I suppose you could go to Tupac first. Yeah, yeah. Um, let, 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 let's yeah. jump into to all eyes on me, right? Right. So, um, okay, so yeah. here's the thing, Matthew. Mm-hmm. Tell me before we start. 
So they apparently people fucking up the movie on the internet and there's a meme spreading like I don't know if it's spreading false facts about the movie, but the movie has a lot of um, anachronisms in it. And quick question: Was there an iPhone in this movie, Matthew? I did not pick up on an iPhone. Okay. I did not see any iPhone. Maybe right. that person needs to mention he's seen it. It, it was in. I remember somebody right. answering a phone, a cell phone, and it was like in '94. But you know, whatever. I was expecting those big phones, but whatever. But right. point is, okay, I okay. did not pick up on so, any iPhone because people people just kind of trashing and dogging and trolling the movie by saying, "Now I, I don't know what was the purpose of this, but basically, is an internet meme saying, well, they're making fun of two things. They're making fun of the idea of it have some apparently there are anachronisms in the movie in terms of like who which characters dressed in a certain way or something like that. But um, somebody made the joke of it had an iPhone seven in the movie." You know, because of the crowd, and then everybody started making other jokes like, um, "Well, oh, you, you know, Tupac asked a girl to be on Instagram, and oh, oh, Tupac and Biggie had a hoverboard race, and it, it, the joke is just making fun of anachronisms." But because the movie so soon, it had too many people in the out outside of the, the joke now, so it, it just came across more like cinema sins kind of dishonesty more than anything. Right. I don't know. But but this is have to do with that Tupac, um, uh, not the, oh gosh, the hologram thing. Is it, no, is no, it no. some related to no, that? No, no, okay. not that. It's not that. It's just I think the movie makes some actual mistakes with anachronisms. And it's what it was it was understandable mistakes, but then people take it and blow it out of proportion in, in jest. Oh, that's oh, what oh, think okay, happened. okay. Now, now, now I understand. All right. Right. Wherefore. But you might see the internet meme show up. You'll see like um something like it had an iPhone 7 it is and you know somebody had Kanye West. How? But you'll see it on Facebook. You look it up, you might find it. Or on Twitter. Mm. I, I saw it. I saw it. You know, I saw a few pictures come out there, and I was like, "Oh, the movie really have um, smartphones in it." I was like, "Apparently not." But oh, Lord. so, anyway, right. yeah, I heard it's. I heard it's really bad. I heard it's a mess. I heard it's as bad as that notorious movie. Um. um all right. So, so good thing that you start off with notorious, right? Because this right. is the perfect show to to really, you know, compare and contrast, right? In more ways than right. one. I'll get to that in a bit. So, I will confess. Um. Alright, before before I even get into the to movies now, you know, if you were to ask me who's the best dead rapper alive, <laughs> yeah, no, I just said that. If if I if I had to pick, if I had to choose between Tupac and Biggie, I would easily right. pick Biggie. Um, yeah, yeah, me too. You know, be- yeah. better storyteller, grittier, yeah. harder. You know, but there is no denying how powerful, in terms of just emotional impact, Tupac's rap, um, Tupac was. There's no denying right. that. Tupac touch hearts in ways that not even Biggie could do that. You know what I mean? Right. Nobody. I mean, yeah. Tupac is so influential in, in, in that regard. You know? Um, right. And one thing I would I would kind of um I, I you know you know from hearing his music a lot though because yes I am a fan of Tupac. Uh, don't get tired of the whole Biggie thing. Um, is how he touches on you know certain topics that you know just become kind of repetitive like when you hear it in certain songs. But you know, it's just that life. Now. It's just that life, and just the the, the mere fact right. that it may not change for the better at all. So he'd always right, talk right. about jail and the penitentiary, and you know, debt and crime and all these kind of things. Now. And they tend to show right. up in a majority of his songs. And you know, it's easy for somebody to be like, "Well, he just repetitive. He just repeated the same themes over and over and over." But you know, he's really showing that you know this is the reality. This is how things are. This is what he has to wake up to and experience when he was alive, of course, every day. You know, and this is what people have to deal with every day. And that's that's to me is how 
he was able to really reach out to a lot of people you know what i mean it wasn't just one specific topic it's just this is what happens every day we don't understand why but this is how it is you know um but yeah tupac for me is one of my you know is is easily one of the best west coast um, rappers out there you know um what he managed to do in his life because yes he did pass away at age 25 um you know the yeah. albums that he put out and i'll talk about those albums um in a little bit too uh, the music, you know, just what he managed to do is just really amazing. Um, I still say my, my two favorite albums from him would be um, Me Against the Will, which I still think is his best album ever. And second best yeah. would go to All Eyes On Me, which was, of course, the uh, first double... I think it's the first double album ever released by a rapper. Um, yes, Biggie would do it again. <laughs> Biggie would do something similar, of course, with um, Life After Death, which I reviewed in a recent episode. Um but you know here you know just what he managed to do in that space of time that he was alive is just amazing and you know going into something like all eyes on me you know just anybody going into this movie would expect to, to to you know to to see that greatness you know manifested on screen so now we'll get into notorious right the movie which came out in 2009 i will confess right. i actually liked that movie i really okay. enjoyed it i really enjoyed it i thought it was really decent oh, really? Right. it's not the best biopic in the world and yes i wish that it could have done the you know the um, notorious big more justice um not just in the casting as well um but just with the um the actors that they got to play certain um you know certain figures in the movie case in point anthony mackie playing tupac <laughs> yeah i mean they had me up to anthony mackie playing tupac <laughs> like i know he played papa <laughs> duck in eight mile right. but that was eight mile he was playing a right. fictional battle rapper <laughs> you know what I mean? yeah and you know what I mean? but i still enjoyed um uh, notorious mainly because i'm a huge fan of biggie and just the way how they told the story was really vibrant it was really you know it was just really energetic and just really captured that that time and really captured who he was at least from what i picked up yeah. from his songs um and I know that there were some controversies, of course, um, you know, real life um, people not liking how they were portrayed. And I'll get to that with All Eyes On Me here. Case in point, Lil' Kim. Um, I believe okay. that the real Lil' Kim was dissatisfied by the way how she was portrayed in this one. Like, basically, like, she was like the sex fiend, basically, trying to get into, um, you know, trying to get into Biggie's draws, literally, like, all that kind of thing. I, I'm not sure. But this, this, is, way, this is in this is Notorious. This is in this about. movie, yeah? In all eyes on me? No, I, I'm talking about Notorious. I'll, I'll get to all Notorious, eyes on me. Notorious, right, okay. Um, right. But overall, I, I still enjoyed Notorious. I still appreciated the effort. I know that there are people out there, and I, I know hearing that you didn't you don't like this movie at all, but I know that there are people out there that don't like this show that much, you know what I mean? But I still appreciate it for what it did. Right. I don't, well, I don't remember hating Notorious all that much, but a lot of it didn't work. Um and you know as a as a biopic it just kind of fell flat i mean i in many ways i kind of thought 50 cents biopic was kind of better I mean, and that's <laughs> oh, that oh um, um oh gosh get rich or die train yeah and i was that, like that yeah was, but that so that, that i saw a couple that, of times that i just threw it away i was just like really yeah. nah, nah, nah i want to be a gangster grandpa <laughs> yeah, yeah i just can't get over that scene though i, I, I think yeah. the reason why i didn't care for it is that you've got 50 to play himself Maybe right. if you got somebody else to do it, I would have cared. But because you had to have him act out the role, it doesn't work for me. And then you had this right. whole it was a little, no, it was a little too. Sub sub um um subplot thing going on with with um oh gosh with Bill Nunn 
be, sorry, not Bill Duke. Right. Um, yeah, he, he, the, uh, come Bill Duke. Bill brain. Duke. Bill Duke, yes. Bill Duke, yeah, yeah. yeah. this mafia Bill guy like, I'm God, Buddha, and yeah. Krishna. But he was good at it. up in one nigga, man. But yeah, yeah, he was good. He was good. And then you had yeah. Killer Croc being the yeah. angry upstart. I was like, yeah, this is like some cliche gangster stuff. Like, I don't need that. I mean, come on. You know, but the Taurus, I, I actually find was better than Get Rich or Die Trying, at least in my opinion. Okay. Um, and right. Then, no, no, it's not that. It's not that. It's not that. Is the nature of the project, like, again, is a mess, eh? Get Rich or Die Trying. But Notorious was like, they could have do so much more given his biggie. 50 Cent is a nobody. So it's like, <laughs> in the grand scheme, no. So oh, I was like, he's a newcomer. Like, like remember around that yeah. time he was he was big, like two thousand three. So I think the movie came out. Yeah, like but two thousand five, like, I think. Yeah. Right, and I was like, yeah, you you know, at the time it's like, yeah, but in the grander scheme, I don't really know you. Like, it's just okay, young people kind of like yeah, Albania first album was good, but like to get a movie, that's bullshit. Exactly, and you know, it's, right. it's a well, passion project. But anyway, and then right, but, all right, and then we had Street Out of Compton, which blew a lot of people away. Right, you know, because yeah, it was there was a biopic that actually worked. Now, yeah. I, you know, it's easy to go into flaws and say, well, you know, Dr. Dre doesn't really look like that. He doesn't really no, sound no, no. like that. Although, yes, great casting on, on, on Ice Cube and, you know, Easy E and all that kind of stuff. But Dr. Yeah. Dre doesn't look like that. He's supposed to be bald. Yeah, that's fine. But, you know, performances were great. The story, how it was told, was excellent. Um, and that's how they managed to actually tell a legit narrative, even though it's within the context of a biopic, you know? Um, right. And, you know, how it really reminded us of how influential NWA was and, you know, how they impacted music forever, not just rap music, but just music in general, you know. And, you know, for me, you know, just seeing this thing, I was like, well, yes. And I remember we, we, we made that, that joke uh, when we actually reviewed the film, you know, it's like, yes, the West Coast, um, West Coast Hip Hop Cinematic Universe is, yeah. is about to, it should be expanding now because we need a Tupac uh, movie. Because right. remember there was that one shot with that one guy in the boot who was singing Heal Mary. It was like, yes, this guy right. looking like him. It was like, well, close to him actually. It was like, yeah, why you don't do that? Because, I mean, it's Tupac, you know? So, surprise, surprise, we got the word. Like, um, well, a couple of trailers came out. It was like, oh my goodness, we actually getting this movie. is real. And right. I was kind of hoping personally that they would have kind of casted the same people from before. Like, yeah. Shug Knight and thing. Continue the universe, you know, yeah. continue the universe, kind of expand it a bit. But, um, I'm really glad that they actually chose to do their own thing. They didn't piggyback off of um, uh, Universal's or I forget the, the studio that brought out um, Fox Searchlight, who did um, Notorious. They wouldn't piggyback right. in off of their what well, them so much, um, but they would you know they wanted to do their own thing. But you see, what's sad to worry me is that the the, the first trailer of it, I believe, came out um, uh, on the day of of of. Tupac's birthday, which was June 16th, right. which was around the time when this movie here was released this year. You know, we saw the trailer right. for it, we were blown away. It was like, oh my god, this is real. But we were expecting this movie to come out, say, September, October, something like right. that. And then we heard stuff like, well, no, push, push it, back. it back. And you know, yeah. those usually are bad signs. Right. You're wondering why exactly. You're wondering if it's if it's the coin, uh, if it's coming time of his death like I, I don't know like shipping me actually thinking it was supposed to come out around the time when he died really uh, really in September um, but no we, we actually got it just literally a few days ago so uh, let me right. just jump in into the movie one time without me rambling on for so much so yes as as you would expect from a biopic about Tupac it is yeah a biopic about Tupac we see um, you know we, we see his mother played by um, denying um, Gurira Gr- 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 yeah, yeah, from yeah. Walking Dead, yes. Um, 
we see her in her early days as a Black Panther, and of course um, when yeah. she went to jail, <laughs> and she <laughs> was pregnant with with Big, well, with sorry with Tupac at the time, and is when she the Black Panthers in Black Panther. Yes, <laughs> yes, and is yeah. when she came out of jail is when she actually gave birth to Tupac. So just right. make that um, just keep that in mind. Um, also, but without going without reading a Wikipedia page, basically how the film is structured, it's like. Um, it starts off with him being in jail back in 95 and that was when he was arrested on, on account of this uh, rape charge that he um that he had to deal with and that was right after uh, that was um that that rape case actually happened around the time when he got shot you know uh, the right. whole controversial thing where he thought it was um biggie and his crew did it you know at the ground fl- at, at you know at the the uh, lobby of this rec- um, recording studio you know all that kind yeah. of stuff um so we see him in jail and this guy comes in and interviews him and through the interviews here we get to see glimpses of his early life we see his come up in terms of the rap game we see where he used to be this dancer for digital underground kids actually parents right right? so he was one of the guys in the background who used to do dance right so he used to do the humpty dance in the background while shop g that was his name um you you know was singing his song and yeah that song still knocks to this day um and yes we do see where shock g himself gives Tupac a, a chance to rap and that's where they collaborated on the song same song which is still a great song um, and they actually do recreate a scene in the video where Tupac is rapping here and from right. there you know he gets studio time he gets to put out his first album Tupac Clips Now in 1991 we see him doing his act, um, start of his, um, his acting career in Juice which still is probably one of the best hip hop movies ever made and yes in terms yep. of performances yes Tupac kills it Probably one, yeah. probably the best rule I've ever ever saw him in. And a subject of that, um, believe it or not, I know I believe he starred in seven films. I've only seen. That was with Janet Jackson, right? No, Juice was with Uma Epps. That was where it was him okay. and his friends, and they find a gun, and um, well, right, Tupac was playing the character Bishop, and Bishop was like this real erratic kind of psychological, uh, psycho kind of character, and he was he had a gun, and he was like shooting his friends down and stuff like that. So he was just that 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 hood fella that who just kind of went off the reels basically. But because of the There's intensity a, in his role, is that what really make him stand out? But the next show that he was it? in was Poetic Justice, Poetic Justice. which right, is directed was by um, um, John Singleton, right? Yeah. Um, and what I mean, I, I saw it a, a couple times. I like it. I don't really love it that much. I don't really. I didn't really find that it stood to me, you know, um, story wise. I mean, it was just basically like. Right. Not so much a coming of age story, but just falling in love basically in the hood. That's basically what it's about. Um, and the last show that I saw him in was Above the Rim. Right. Yeah, which gave us that excellent, 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 timeless song, Regulates, featuring Warren yeah. G and Neat Dog. Timeless song right there. Yeah. Um, uh, but apart from that, I haven't seen Gridlocked, I haven't seen Gang Related. And I think there's two other films where um, the, the titles escape me, but. Essentially, I haven't seen those four, but the point is, we do see they actually recreate the um, a pivotal scene in in Juice, you know, where he's talking down to one of his friends and all that kind of stuff. It's a famous scene, and I like how they actually recreate that. So we see all this kind of stuff and thing, and then we stop off at ninety five now, and we see you know the what led him to to to, um, to jail in the first place, and then the second half of the film pretty much um, starts off with him leaving jail, um, right, and then being signed on to Death Row Records so yes we do see Suge Knight and once again yeah. Suge Knight is played well not the same guy who plays him but once again he's like this this um he reminds me a lot of um of 
uh, oh gosh, Al Capone, but more more like Robert De Niro's um, depiction of him from The Untouchables. There's even a dinner scene, like a, a dinner table scene, reminiscent right. of of um, of The Untouchables. And if you remember that scene with um, with Robert De Niro pacing around the table, then you pretty much yeah. will know what to expect in that scene. They really can't. They really do that scene, but they just kind of twist it around a little bit. But yes, once again, yes, um, uh, yeah. But once again, Suge Knight, the evil Suge Knight, the evil bad guy. You know, the one that you don't cross, or else you just pull in a corner and just beat the crap out here. Once again, like I don't know. I just wondering, like a guy like Suge Knight, who is still alive, by the way, watching him being depicted yeah. twice on screen as you know? these, these villainous char- as as a villainous character. I wonder how he feels like that, but like I don't think he regrets it. It's like. Jeez, boy, so all they're gonna paint. So every movie just gonna paint as a bad guy, right? Like really? Yeah. Like I'm like I'm a gangster, or whatever. But anyway. Right. Yeah. So um, right. So pretty much, his life story is is shown on screen. So yes, it it does end with him being um being shot at. You know that drive by thing. Right. So um, I'll just jump into the review here one time. Right. So, just right off the bat, I'll just see this one time. Um. I didn't hate the film, but I actually kind of I actually enjoyed it way more than I expected. But my God, this movie could have been so much better. And yeah. reason being is because of the the, the the central character, Tupac Shakur. You know, just the influence that this guy had, and you would think that this movie would have done him so much justice, and not so much really, unfortunately. Um, so I'll just jump in first off to, to to songs, right? Because yes, you do hear some of his songs in this movie here. Ob- obviously, right? Now, the thing is with, with his music, right? There's, there's this duality to him, right? Um, and that's fine with, with artists, you know, but especially with him, there's always this dual side to him. So on the one hand, you would always get like these sort of I don't want to say motivational songs, but it's these songs that just hit you emotionally. Whether it's politically charged or whether it's emotionally charged or just stuff to make you think. But then at the same time, you'll get, you know, tug life. You'll get those kind of gangster songs. You'll get those, you know, tug passion songs. You'll get like, you know, the bitches and hoes and all that kind of stuff. You'll get that side, basically. You'll get that tug side that, you know, the media so wanted to latch onto. And you do see this in the film. But then you'll get the side where you know he was aware of what was going on in the community and he was aware of making a change and i felt that the song choices really could have shown that duality um it started off pretty well enough where you saw him uh, recording brenda's got a baby which was from off of his first album and still remains to me one of the most depressing rap songs ever because i mean this is about this 12 year old girl who gets um raped by her cousin and then she has the baby and then instead of aborting the child she gives birth to the child in the bathroom floor and then she throws the child in a dumpster it was it's a really yeah. sad story though but the way how um in the move in the movie itself because there's a scene where he goes into scope records and he's talking to the to the managers and then it's like well yeah we want to put out your album but we we, we want to lose the song here and then he goes into detail about well you know this is stuff going on in the hood every day but you don't hear about it and this is why the song needs to be here and nobody talking about this kind of stuff and that's true and nobody at the time really went into like detail talking about such a graphic topic basically you know on record and that was a single eh? imagine that that was a single yeah right one of his biggest singles you know really what launched him there now uh, launched him into the spotlight right 
but at the same time on the album itself on Tupacalypse Now there was also a song called Trapped and that was where he was talking about you know being chased by the police and being arrested and always having to deal with them you know beating them up and stuff like that now he didn't go through it at the time right it's only afterwards where he got arrested for for jaywalking and we do see the scene play out in brutal detail where he did walk and then two police the two white policemen saw him and yeah they beat him down like literally did beat him down really brutal um but the point i'm getting at here with you know with a song like trapped which is more like political okay you know in the chorus is like can't take the, they can't take the black man down you know it's like a rise to power you know and because you set up the film in such a way where yes your mother was a black panther and she period periodically sorry to, um tells um tupac you know you, you you have a target on your back man the white man wants to get you and that kind of stuff now right you know and on the subject of that by the way like yes the night she acts she, she she's great in this film she really brings in a lot of energy and then she she really does you know put herself out there in terms of playing this character um but there are some lines which kind of came off a little cheesy to me you know once again with the whole black rights thing so she always comes off like yes everything i speak is about black pride and all that kind of stuff it's like all right we get we understand you're a black panther but realistically that that doesn't mean that you have to just spit these lines these these um words of wisdom all the time you know what i mean it, it kind of comes off like a caricature in a way but anyway um i'll talk about that later on so um right so with the musical choices i felt that you know you could have had trap there because yes you of course you know there, there's a tupac that you we know from you know i get around and california love and those songs you know yeah those are the ones that you know the media will latch on to for, for like, case in point i get around they were touching about the fact that you know why you have this music video with a bunch of kills you know in in um bathing suits and stuff like that you know yeah. but then at the same time you'll flip it and say keep your head up ladies you know and i like how they show that duality there but once again because you want to present you know tupac as being this character this militant character who is willing to make you know kind of spark people to just rise up and just do stuff you know what i mean you could have had those those politically charged songs. You could have had Trap. You could have had Holly If You Hear Me from the second album. You could have had those songs instead of just, oh, well, these are the greatest hits. Those are the big songs. You know, it's almost like you were afraid to show like this guy could act, could could have actually have been a revolutionary. And he was in a sense, you know what I mean? But you kind of lose all the revolutionary songs. And to me, that was a shame because you set up um, his mother, the character being this revolutionary and her having to deal with the white police and thing all the time and then of course right. with with Paco going through his stuff with you know with the, with, with the media and with the cops and all that kind of stuff but you don't get you do you don't get the sense of hey i am trying to change my community i'm trying to change the world here and this song may help or may not help but this is what i have to say it was just more about the california loves and the i get arounds and you know i mean yes they are great songs yes they are timeless but they don't really say anything with regards to Tupac being this revolutionary and that's the thing you know that's what people really remember about him just his music being so impactful to people you know regardless of race but you don't really get that here unfortunately um but all that aside though um acting I thought was decent for the most part I thought that um Demetrius Ship Jr. who plays Tupac this is debut performance by the way I thought that he was great as Tupac I mean <laughs> the, the, the guy literally does look like him yeah. the majority of, of the film 
um, and he does speak like him, and you know he does have that 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 tone of voice and all that. There are a couple of times where it kind of slips up a little bit, but for the most part, he has it down. And on the subject of that, there is a guy in this show, legit, swear to God, who sounds eerily close to Snoop Dogg. Okay. And yes, he does play Snoop Dogg. If you look at him, he doesn't look like Snoop Dogg. Yes, they, yeah. they, they have they have him with the afro, they have him with the braids, but when that guy speaks to it, it's like you swear that they dub over this guy's voice. Like you swear Snoop Dogg just came in for a day and just dub over his voice. It's, it's so eerie. But when he was there, I was like, Jeez, what this is this is Snoop? Like this is like the best um the best imitation of, of Snoop I ever heard. Like ever. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um uh, Eerie Spears from from my T V. Dude, I thought he would no, I thought he he had the Snoop Dogg I thought he was the only person out oh, okay, there okay, that had right, Snoop okay, Dogg voice right. perfectly, but no, he didn't. Um, on the subject of people that I didn't expect to see in this show, for one thing, Lauren Cohen, Maggie from from um, from Walking Dead, she's in this. She makes this okay. brief, unnecessarily brief, by the way, appearance as um, as Tupac's mentor. Because yes, for those who don't know, um, when he was studying at uh, the Baltimore School for the Arts. You know, he learned a lot. You know, he learned about theater. He learned about Shakespeare and all that kind of stuff. And, um, you know, when he moved to um, Oakland, he, you're right, there was this one person that was there. And she was the one who kind of got him on board with um, with Digital Underground in, in the first place, right? But she's, like, in the film for, like, about a minute. Like, just literally for, like, about a minute. Um, and this goes into one main problem about the show, but I'll get to that in a bit. Um, another person that I did expect to see in this show, believe it or not, Jamal Wooler, the same guy who played Notorious B.I.G. in Notorious, shows back up in this movie. Okay. I was okay, like, okay. wow, Dre, they really do this. They're really connecting the dots here. <laughs> They're really connecting right. the narratives here. And to me, it works because um, here in this movie, you really see another side of the of the East Coast, West Coast feud. You know, in Notorious, you saw it from New York side, but here you saw it more from Tupac side and what he was dealing with. Um, you didn't see too much of it, though, fortunately. I'm glad that he didn't spend chunks of time talking about how bad the feud was. But it's just really like him at jail and hearing, you know, that song, Who Shot You? And then, of course, him interpret misinterpreted as this, this direct diss at Tupac. And then, of course, he came out with probably, in my opinion, the harshest diss song ever, Hit Him Up. You know, right. so they only touch on those things uh, for a short while, but not too long, really. Because it's not about East Coast, West Coast, anyway. It's just really about Tupac and what he was going to. Um, but yeah, he's in this show as well. Um, a couple more, like, you know... Oh, yes, I forgot to mention. Um, Jada Pinkett is in this movie. Not yeah, really Jada that, Pinkett, so. but a... Well, actress, her name is um, Kat Graham, plays Jada Pinkett. Um, and we see her, you know, from where... Well, this is real, real life, actually, where they did meet at um, Baltimore, at Baltimore School for the Arts and you do see their friendship together and stuff they do um, meet up periodically in the film uh, when yeah. you know when um, Jada is doing her acting gig you know she started off with uh, Mercy Society um, which by the way was directed by the Hughes Brothers and Tupac was supposed to be in that film but because he had this huge falling out with them and yeah he fought like he beat them up literally so and okay. then went up on um, UMTV Raps and bragged about it on live television like yeah, wow. I beat up those guys, right? And then they use that in 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 the court trials. Like yeah, he was right. on TV yeah. 
doing that now, you know what I mean? Cause yeah, Tupac yeah, had a big mouth now. He he didn't he wasn't afraid to see what's on his mind, but you know, unfortunately those things used to come yeah. back and bite him, you know. I wish that the film kinda right. touched yeah. on that, but you know, they kinda hinted it. But anyway, um Jida was there, um and then it's only after I saw the show that I saw this news report on the Hollywood Reporter where Jada was like dissatisfied by how she was portrayed in the film. You know, okay. basically what she was seeing is that those moments with her did not happen. So like sure. this one scene where oh. uh, Tupac was leaving Baltimore to go to, to Oakland and right. he gives her this poem named um, titled Jada. Jada Pinkett, the real one, says, no, that didn't happen. Oh, and shit. then there's a scene wow. where um, it was right after uh, Tupac performed at the House of Blues, a very famous performance uh, where he did hit him up and heal Mary and all that kind of stuff. And the after party, you know, a bunch of girls and stuff. And then Jida comes in and says, well, you know, I thought you were supposed to be this revolutionary. I thought you were supposed to be making change. You know, what are you doing singing about all this stuff and talking about you, 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 you screwed Biggie's wife and all that kind of stuff. What kind of stuff is that, you know? I mean, it's a powerful scene, but at the same time, you know, now to hear, no, that didn't happen. You know, it, it right. really kind of brings down the movie quite a lot, unfortunately for me. Because I'm not expecting that everything that I see in this movie is supposed to be real, but I'm expecting the majority of it was inspired by real life events. So I'm not seeing that Jada went to that very, you know, party, but maybe she did confront him at some point in time and call him out on it. I don't know, but, you know, it, it, it's just kind of messed up to see now or to hear that. No, it didn't happen, and you know what I mean? Because you would think because you have Jada Pinkett's, you know, her as a character in this movie, you'd assume the real Jada had some part to play in the story. Like, they went up to her, they interviewed her, blah, blah, blah. And I don't know if they did that, but apparently, like I said before, what was shown in this movie here did not happen. You know, it's just a fabrication of real events, which is so wow. unfortunate, you know? I feel bad for, for Jada, though, like the real Jada. I mean, she was saying, you know, props to... To um to Demetrius and and Kat for their performances, I thought they were great on screen, but you know uh, I really feel I really do feel bad that Jada, you know, was offended by this, you know. Um, but all that aside, though, um. But to me, the big the, the biggest flaw in this movie is just the narrative, the way how the story was told. Now I get that you want to use like at first I thought the whole interview thing was just the 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 um the narrative structure that they're gonna use that there's this all gonna be you know just like how um those Tupac um those interviews are basically you know which by the way most of those were used for the excellent documentary Tupac Resurrection which I strongly recommend you check out and by the way if you have seen that show then you pretty much would know how the the the, the um the, the 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 narrative of this movie here plays out. It plays out exactly okay. how that movie, how that documentary was. You see, where he was born and it's come up and all that other stuff, right? But, you know, the first half, well, I should say the first 15 to 20 minutes were very, very spotty. And I would say that in terms of editing. There are moments that just happen so fast. Like, okay, one minute he meets this, 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 this person and then he'll just cut to the next scene and then he'll cut to the next scene. And it's, it, it feels almost like you're rushing this film down to get to the, to the real meat and potatoes. I mean, this film clocks in at 2 hours and 20 minutes. So just the mere fact that they rushed the first 15 and 20 minutes just to jump to, uh, oh, well, he brought out his second album, you know? So right. pretty much they just rush everything. It's just like, oh, this is where he was born. This is what happened. And this is the type of people they met on the streets. And, you know, it's all these stuff that taking place. And you wish that they, kinda, they could kind of develop them further, but it's not. It's just, just there, showing you there. But it just kind of glimpses over, you know, these things which pretty much influence Tupac's life. 
and you know with a film like say um, Street Out of Compton which took its time to develop certain things so case in point the scene where um, the ghetto blast or whatever you call it you know that big tank with the, with the, with the thing that was like busting through doors and stuff right. and Easy E was trying to escape you see like how that developed into their hatred for the police and it sort of developed further and further to the point where they went into the studio and performed FD police street, you know what I mean? You saw it build up. But in here it's just like, alright, I've been born into poverty. I see white cops doing this, beating up on black people, there's drug dealers, there's people stabbing people up right outside my door. But you just see it in glimpses basically. They they just show it, but they don't really develop on these little narrative threads. And it is there basically to just say, Oh, this is just how messed up the hood is. But how did that influence his music? You know, you're not really sure. You don't really show that. So Right. To the untrained eye, to someone who never heard Tupac's music before, you just come out of it like, well, yeah, I just saw this thing about Tupac, but I didn't really understand him so much. Like, I saw the way how he acted, you know, at times he was irrational, sometimes he was reckless, but, you know, he would he would have a soft heart and, you know, he would be kind and stuff. But how did his upbringing, how did these things that happened to him in his life influence his music? How did that happen? You saw it in Notorious. Um, at some point right. in time you saw it there um, you saw it in Street of the Compton excellently but here you just see it in like these little short glimpses basically and I wish that they could have and you know it was right there in the music like I said you want to present Tupac as being like a revolutionary you know but you don't have his revolutionary songs you want to show that yes he likes the woman but at the same time he would call out bitches for me bitches all that kind of stuff and you do see right. that in, you know with the whole rape case you see how it unfolded and all that kind of stuff um and that's the next thing too it really touches on like these events that the media kind of blew out of proportion you know that rape charge the shooting that took place where he got shot five times um this whole thing with death row and all that kind of stuff so yes i get that you do want to show this character as being flawed that yes he made a lot of mistakes as well too but you know he is influential for a reason i mean at the end of the day he's a human being like i'm not gonna go into any of tupac's albums and say yes he is truthful and he's righteous and everything that he does is you know is is holy and all that kind of stuff there are flaws to him you get that he's a human being but also should show the good in him show why he was so influential in the first place they'll just show it off of record sales and you know him signing to death row and him you know with platinum records and all that that that's fine that's in the surface but what about you know the lyrics themselves what really made them stand out what really makes him so influential to this very day and i felt that the film really didn't show that it was just like okay these are the events that happen these are this is what happened leading up is that the end but not right. about the the influence not what was left behind really um so yeah really the narrative is the biggest flaw here i really wish that it could have been just the writers themselves could have taken more time to really develop the the the, the narrative and you got it so great already with straight out of compton look what they managed to do it wasn't just about in 1990 this happened in 1991 this happened 1992 this happened there was there were narrative threads that were going on throughout the entirety of the show it was about the friendship between the group it was about how you know money and you know record studios and all that again we have that friendship it was about the cops and you know how people thought about the cops at the time and then with the whole Rodney King thing and then of course with the riots that took place in 92 and remember that great shot where the Crips and the Bloods united together that powerful yeah, scene you know, you know? You see a lot of company, yeah. 
Yeah, and just those things. And even when they went into death row territory with um, you know, with Suge Knight and stuff, you did see how Dre's involvement with the with with with, with death row affected the relationship between you know um, Easy E and you know and, and Ice Cube. You saw that here, you know. Once again, like I say, it's just the things that we've seen before. It's basically like it took. The Wikipedia page for Tupac, and you just took the best moments and you just crafted all these scenes based out of it, and you tried yeah. to, to connect these things into a narrative, but the underlying themes unfortunately aren't really there. It's just all I'm just seeing here is just okay, these are the flaws, let's focus on the flaws, but what about the good stuff? What about the great stuff? You know, what about the things that really made Tupac so influential? I wish that they really could have expanded on those things a little bit more, you know, and, but yeah. unfortunately, we didn't get that there. But apart from all that, like I said before, I, shock, shockingly enough, did not hate this movie as much as I, like I didn't go into this thing expecting to hate it. Like I know it wasn't going to be as great as um, Street Out of Compton. But somehow I came out of it like, yeah, you know, at least it tried. It was it was a good <laughs> effort. You know what I mean? That's the best right. way to say it. It was a good effort. Um, sure, some, once again, you have to deal with actors being casted. You know, and they don't look the way how the real actors look or what the, sorry, the real rappers look. But because they look away or they sound a kind of way, I guess you can let it slide. But, you know, once again, case in point with Snoop Dogg, like he does not look like Snoop at all. But because he sound like him, I guess you could give him a play, you know what I mean? Um, the musical choices, once again, I wish that we could have had more of his more powerful, more, you know, more uh, politically charged songs. Because he did do that, you know, he did do that. I wish I could have explored a little bit more about this whole Tug Life thing because once again the media blew it up into oh well Tug Life is about you being this Tug and a gangster it wasn't about that um, it was about you being this underdog and you making something out of yourself being better than you could have and I wish that they could have expanded on that you know what I mean um, but apart from all that though I mean the it was it was well shot I would say that um, the editing was really spotty in the first 15 20 minutes but then once that 15 20 minutes ends i found myself more and more invested in the story and yes the film does end the way how it's supposed to end and you know i was, I was satisfied by that but still i felt once again that that narrative could have been w- fleshed out way better because i mean it's it's too packed right? you know what i mean I, i'm not expecting them to go you know beyond the call of duty to make this this excellent oscar worthy film but at right. least something that would make the Tupac fans, the real Tupac fans, be like, yeah, this was the film that we were waiting for for a long time. And unfortunately here, it's not that, but it's still a good effort nonetheless. So in closing, I would say, um, like, <laughs> I would say, like, you know, if you were to, like, for me personally, this is like um, the holy trinity of this whole early 90s hip-hop um thing now basically so it started off okay. with Notorious and then you have Street Outta Compton and now you have All Eyes On Me which for me is the weakest of the three but in no yeah. way am I saying is, a, is, is it a terrible movie um, okay but you know if you do get a chance to probably just watch all three of them together I, I suggest you do they do complement each other very well and once again I really do like the fact that All Eyes On Me didn't have to piggyback off of the events of Street Outta Compton or um, Notorious so yes they do touch on certain topics but it's not like they have to recreate every single thing that you've seen before you're aware of them you're aware of Suge Knight and how bad he was you're aware of you know um, Rodney King and you're aware of how bad the white, the white police were at the time you know but they don't 
they don't recreate scenes from other films that you've seen before i'm glad that they did that but at the same time because tupac was well known you know as as being this this ghetto you know revolutionary i wish that they could have expanded on that aspect you know not just show oh well this is how he got in jail and this is how he got shot and all that kind of stuff i mean right. that's the stuff that the media will show you and say oh he's a a, a bad man and he deserves all these things but what really made Tupac so influential? What really made him such an icon in terms of not just hip-hop music, but just music in general? I wish the film could have expanded on that, but unfortunately it didn't. But I, like I say, did not hate this film. I just wish that it could have been way better. So for me, I'll give this a very light three and a half out of five stars. If you're a hip-hop head, I do recommend that you do see it as soon as you can. Um, if you're not knowledgeable about Tupac at all, I recommend that you watch the documentary Tupac Resurrection because yes, you hear his life through his own words, and that was that was a great technique. Whether they do this, take a bunch of his um, interviews, this took some great moments and formed a narrative out of it. And even out of that, I got more on who he was inside than this movie did. You know, it just to me this movie kind of just show the surface level of Tupac. This is how he yeah, is yeah, on, okay. on, on stage and how arrogant he could be and how hot-headed he could be and stuff. But, you know, with Tupac Resurrection, I got more about who he was trying to be, you know, at the end of the day. And I wish that the film could have done that. Um, the acting was decent for the most part. I thought that um, Demetrius and Denai, you know, really put their energy into really making these characters work. Um, the music was, was decent. I just wish, once again, he could have gotten more politically charged stuff. And... I would say you know the narrative was was okay like you do see where they're going it does have a beginning middle and end literally um but you know it's just the underlying themes just need to be developed even more but um i do understand why some people didn't like it because i mean once again it's just this hype and build up and then once again i was i was, I was t- telling myself well you know not many people would know this movie is out and you know i would blame this on poor marketing i don't know if the studios involved and i mean it's not like universal or anything like that. i saw morgan creek productions right, when's the last right. time you heard about morgan creek productions yeah you know what i mean uh, oh, I so not like a big like big studios were involved in this but still the marketing i i i you know if they if they marketed this, this thing a lot better i think they would have gotten more people to see this film on opening weekend because i know shows like mummy and what the woman will just knock this show out of the out of the um out of the out of the water unfortunately and it's a shame well one no woman not a yeah. mommy yeah but yeah. And i'll say this in closing because i talk way too much about this show i really don't want this film to just fall by the wayside i don't want this movie to be like forgotten like oh well, it was just this effort and they tried and they failed so i don't want to i don't care about this movie you know what i mean i don't want it to be like that i want people to actually do to, I want people to actually see this film, you know, to judge it for themselves, not just base it off of what some guy, what Peter Travers from the Hollywood Reporter say, you know. Yes, it is flawed, but in no way is it a terrible, horrible, you know, burn the eyelids off your eyes, bad kind of movie. You know what I mean? It is worth checking out. Like I say, that's why I give it a three and a half. But don't go in expecting straight out of Compton. No, don't go in expecting like this monumentally awesome biopic it is what it is it could have been way better but i don't want people to just forget about this show and just neglect it i want this thing to have some shelf life if you will i want like right. when it comes out of home media people actually check it out and you know buy it you know i mean i actually recommend people buy it at least check it out you know but guys if you haven't seen it by all means give it a look don't ignore it if you are a true hip-hop head 
definitely see it. If you're not a hip hop head, I still say give it a look. If you don't care about Tupac or anything, then I don't know why you was listening to me ramble on for for so long. You probably wouldn't care about this anyway. But yeah, yeah. I still say give this one a look. Okay. Wow. Yeah. That much more positive review than I expected. Yeah, like I said, not terrible, but right. Yeah, it could have been so much better, man. I mean, given the subject matter, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Okay. Right. So finally, while I catch my breath and sip on some agua, the mummy. Yeah. Remake slash reboot slash something yeah. whatever it is. I don't know. But yeah. I leave the flow. Uh, yeah, so you have the uh, mic. Uh, Alright, so. I had to slog through this. And uh, again, okay, so the bigger conversation is not so much about the mummy, but the supposed dark universe and why this movie was made the way it was. This was as bland and as, as Pointless. tired as I, as I expected it to be in terms of world building, acting. Let's straight up, I'm gonna just straight up tell you. Tom Cruise was severely miscast in this. Wow. Like seriously, he, I mean, it was he was totally wrong for the role. But look, he's a big name, and I get why they did it. And I get I'm gonna get into all of the all of these really cynical decisions that went down. They clearly make this shit for international audiences who don't speak English. Really? Well, what, what, that is what, what how you will take. Well, yeah. If you can elaborate, so, please. Okay, so basically in terms of structure and again this is not a new argument you know you know but i really wanted to see it for myself like what these people were talking about basically you know they realize that international box office make bank all right like cater to um let's cater to international audiences but uh, when i remember i was mentioning how us in the west here tend to be past postmodernism, and we want interesting world building and depth and blah 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 blah, blah. Yes. that's not the case for international audiences international audiences is more about um is more about just a general story and then if you could just do something in such a way where you could easily translate it to a foreign dub or a foreign sub well foreign dub mostly the way how the dialogue is structured it's really basic and straightforward it really like just telling you exposition exposition uh, exposition exposition, exposition. Theory, yeah. and I the thing is like wait why doing so much exposition dumping I was like ah it's to translate a foreign audience that's the only thing I could get I refuse to believe that you know, it's that somebody could be so bland and, and basic now. Yeah. And it's like, wait, this this for somebody who's not speaking English or something? That's basically where it come across. And that's what people are saying is that, and then when you watch it yourself, you're baffled by what it was. And then it, 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 I was remembering an earlier review about it. And I was like, oh yeah, this is exactly what it's talking about. Right, I totally see where they're coming from. That's basically what this was. So the thing is, this had this real basic story structure. Um, and it's basically, all right, so the story is that this... This ancient woman played by um, you're from Kingsman. Yeah, um, that that Sophia Butella, I forget her name. Butella, yeah, Butella, or something yeah. like that. She she has an evil plan. She no, so yeah, she had some ambitions, and they, they decided to just get rid of her back then, and then they move her body to another country. So that's why she not in Egypt. Uh-huh. She was in Iraq. It's a whole convoluted world building. And then, um, what do you call it, boy? Uh, this fella who's, who's Dr. Chekhov and Mr. Hyde for some reason. Oh, yeah, yeah, call yeah. It, uh, uh, Russell Crowe. Who, Russell Crowe in this. Who, by the way, I, 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 like, when I saw the trailer for the first time, right, I saw, like, three seconds of him and, you know, some some uh, voiceover from him there. I was like, yeah. okay, but it's showing Tom Cruise's name, so why are you showing Russell Crowe? Right. Star of the Oscar winner, Gladiator. 
like what is a Tom Cruiser fail all of a sudden want, want to Russell Crowe and then is when I heard about this the the whole Dr. Jekyll thing so I thought right. it was just them so trying it, to be clever to hide the fact that like a, you know like is, a reveal yeah so is this blatant world building kind of thing and he it, it no, it's an easy comparison because it really come across like real lazy and shitty um, by the way, the movie had the goal to start with this weird opening sequence about the Dark Universe. So they show a bunch of like old footage of these old, old monster movies. Because if you think about really? it, they kind of start. Uh, yeah, and I was like, that real fucking shameless. Dread. Like, all this serious like, with this, they, real they, They're so ambitious. They actually do that, boy. Like, hey, folks, yeah. this is going to be the first of the big I, series. I, it totally, and, uh, and, uh, it, it, it totally reminds me of a, a scene in an underrated movie from uh, Mean Girls where they say, stop, my, stop trying to make fetch happen. <laughs> Right. That's basically what it felt. It's like stop, Mike, stop, stop trying to make this happen. You're all trying to force this on us. Yeah, that's what it felt like. Um, but the thing it wasn't like no clever, like no clever way of, of bringing forward the dark universe or like a really interesting graphic like how the Marvel Cinematic have it or how DC you do it. It's just lazy bullshit. Just they just cut it together. No work done. It's like what the fuck was this? Anyway, whatever. And it's the universal of all people. Eh? Think about that. Yeah. Now here's the thing, eh? I thought this would have made a lot of cash, eh? Because in my head, I was like, all right, well, if Jurassic World made a lot of cash, this could make a lot of cash. And it could internationally still. I still don't know what the numbers are internationally for this. Uh, so that's why I say it was clearly structured for an international audience. Like, that's the gamble they were making. They don't care about cynical, postmodern, ironic um, American audiences. The attitude is that, ah, we're going to go for the big crowd, and that's where the box going to be. And I don't know, it might work as an interesting gamble. You know, hell, Warcraft did, did well, right? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah did international even though it, I, I thought the movie was a kind of a mess right um and so basically it's tom cruise he he unlocked the thing with the with the mobby and he had a whole um he's basically this guy who went to international iraq by the way they had this whole thing with iraq um and an international person interfering in iraq and they did nothing with that they made no reference to the iraq war for some reason i like why they could have done that that's an easy nice little character bill i don't know if it's, it's yeah, they need to see, that would make the film a lot more um, deep. Intel- yeah, deep and intelligible, but no. deep for the, for, I don't know. Whatever. They kind of dropped the ball there. And so basically, he freed his mommy woman. The mommy woman now. Um, the mommy woman decided to put put her whole. She, she, she come back. She had she, she one Tom Cruise. She, she, I don't know. What is she? As a sperm donor, essentially. <laughs> That's how it come across. Okay. She basically went to, but that's I'm making a joke. But it's basically to bring back her, her dead husband from the past. I think set. Um, that is basically the story. She wanted him as a, a she wanted him as a, a body for for the set. Apparently, so that's apparently she find Tom Cruise attractive, right? Who could blame her? Fine. And that is basically the bit. And the story is that at the end is he then they decide to just follow up. Of then you have action sequence, action sequence again. And not I yet you think I've been flippant and dismissive, but I saw the film really goes through. It really goes through the motions of this shit. It's sluggish, boring, dialogue, terrible. Special effects was alright at, at times because I suppose they could have do more with this. But this this was just rubbish for me, Jared. Um anyway, basically they just they just um tease this, basically the quote unquote shield of this world. Um the kind of Avengers initiative kind of scene, but but for the mummy and the Invisible Man and all this kind of thing. And they're all trying to hype this with Johnny Depp apparently going to be the Invisible Man, which is good. I don't want to see his face on screen anymore anytime soon. <laughs> um, and I forget who playing um, who playing the mummy. No, sorry, no, but Tom Cruise is the mummy. But I forget who playing other characters. Right, thing is, I forget who's the Wolf Man. I forget I forget the actors. But they, they had this 
famous picture with all of them coming together. And yeah, it's just a, a really like lazy fucking vehicle to bring for this universe. And I personally don't want this to work. I, I kind of want this to fail. Usually I, I tend to not um, not root for movies to fail. But if it if it's this kind of cancerous nonsense, I don't want this to, to work. I kind of just want this to fail and go away. This, I want this to be kind of Green Lantern for the DCEU. Now, on, no, on the ch- subject of, of DCEU, you know, what yeah. what you just exp- what you just described now reminds me of you know the press the press kit from um from Batman v Superman Dawn of yeah, yeah, yeah. It feels like that, but more in your face, no more blatant. No, no, well, it's not as obnoxious as that because oh. it's still trying to make a working product with this. But yeah, it's still pretty goddamn obnoxious what they do here with this. It's like yeah, they're trying to force it on people through it. They clearly they copying Marvel, even though they are they are technically the original cinematic universe. But they, they, they show no care in this. They don't give a shit. Um, the d- director is atrocious in this. Holy crap. The guy have no goddamn talent. I forget who it is. It's some bullshitter. I'll, I'll check back the name. Um, shit. Uh, let, me, let, are, me, let, me, let me find it. It's somebody I hate. Let me just check Alex it. Alex Kurtzman. Kurtzman, yes. That bullshitter. Fuck that guy. He, he always pull out bullshit movies. He have a really bad track record. Um, for me, and yeah, overall, this this just was a glossal waste of time. What are you supposed to talk about exactly? Uh, he, you know, they just get everything with this. They get wrong, and you know, the the, the thing I was trying to um, trying to think of is remember um, when Sean Connery played Alan Quatermain in League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Yes, that is what they should have done with this. Like, take look at that, and then. Build from that in terms of the Wilner yeah. that had the Invisible Man that had um what do you call him uh, Jack 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 not yeah, Jack yeah, Doctor Jekyll and Mister Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde it had all of the, these ideas but that had Nemo and it, it did its own thing yeah. now, I mean it was I that perfect movie I mean yeah yeah it, it had its problems and a lot of it fell flat but to me you could have taken that and built from that with this universe but no they decided to just reinvent the whole thing and again let me tell you something Hollywood need to learn this shit fast it don't make sense. Trying to invent your own script for a film. Best scripts either borrow from other material that is already like a book or some comic that where all the writing and ideas and themes already spelled out, and it's for you to just delineate that and make that work in a simple story, right? You're not inventing anything, you're just telling a story and then building from there, right? So, so like why the MCU works so well is that most of it is all polish. Mm-hmm. They don't have to invent anything because all the work and the ideas are done. The only, what you have to do is just translate and make it work. Um, they should have done the same thing with this. Say, look, look for these ideas. Build, build from again. You have another movie. You have leader extraordinary gentleman to work from. Take those ideas and build from that. And they didn't even try. And it, this was just a mess. It just got damn depressing. I suppose they're gonna make more of these, maybe. But I kind of want this to fail, frankly. Um, as I said, because it it, it just kind of cancerous and is the kind of the worst of of cinema in Hollywood. I. Still expected to make some cash, uh, you know, just like Jurassic World does. Jurassic World was still bread, basic bitch stick, but at least Jurassic World um, had a kind of postmodern spin and bent everything, right? Exactly. It was kind of winking at the audience and being the, this was just taking itself so goddamn seriously. Um, what was it? Oh, what was the name of the the, the name of the evil um, group? Any in, in, not the evil group? Is it good? Is he is he the, the the shield of this world? Prodigium or some bullshit like that? Um, and I, I really couldn't. I really forgot all of the world building immediately. I second. I um, walked out of this film. Um, <laughs> I really I couldn't give a shit to care. Like you see how with MCU, you know you um. You see why you know see how MCU, you know you see you see um Nick Fury 
and you're like, yeah, cool. Yeah, you're into the world building and you're talking about all the extra shit and who and what and why this is this. And you, you actually give a shit about the world building names. Exactly. Even you, you want to learn this, more about it. This is like, yeah, I, I can I can take the time to remember any of these details and all of this, this hullabaloo and nonsense. This this is a mess. Of, um, I'm just going to give him a rating and then try to move on as fast as he can because I just kind of, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about just what it means for this if, it, if they make more movies, if it make money. But this was, um, I, I'm going to give this like a, a, a low CC it and like a really low CC it because it was kind of bullshit. Right. Can't waste a goddamn time in my opinion. Um, they, they tried the same thing with Dracula Untold. Remember that? Yeah, remember it, forgot it, remember it again because Luke Evans right. showed back up in um, uh, BTB. It's like, all right, he was in that show. Right, yeah. right. Same bullshit. And it's the same. They're trying to start their own universe. And, and I suppose if they like, that movie I didn't completely hate compared to this. This was that's a waste of my time. Um, and, and I frankly say a waste of my money because I actually paid for this. Like, oh, shit. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I kind of, even though I enjoyed the day and I went and I had, had a burger and I had fun, this was just. Uh, um, but it, it was a total slug. Um, this didn't need, did not need to be made in any way, shape, or form. Skip this shit. Do not go and see it. Um, I could have tell you that from, well, I hope I didn't see it last week, but yeah, skip it. It's yeah. a mess. Um, don't spend any money on this. As I say, if you really have to like find time to go in some air-conditioned place for two hours, maybe, then you know, if you're stuck in traffic, then go see it in CC8 if you could, but that's about it. Um, I, I would just say torrent it. Just torrent it. If you're no, so yeah, curious, it's torrent a, a, it. This, Four this months from now, you might get a clean copy, and then you know you deleted immediately afterwards. Yeah, that is is a total mess. Like, uh, look, I, well, I don't promote openly promote torrent, and you know, you know, if you have the option to see it to pay for a product, but yeah, just yeah, yeah. this just pointless. As I said, I expect it. I still think it'll make bank, frankly, because it could do internationally. Although I know China have a big problem with supernatural stuff in the audiences, like like a big cynical kind of gamble they make up over there. Uh, they like robots and sci-fi shit, but they hate um ghosts and you know, supernatural stuff so i'm not sure if that'll stick um but yeah that's why it, it, it really nakedly felt like a, a product for international money you say all right fuck america we're not gonna cater to them snooty snooty audience members with the with the with the good stories and, and, and compelling characters um, exactly we just want to make dumb films for right and, dumb and people across like a vehicle to do that. And, and as i said with tom cruise if it was a smaller star i'd probably tolerate this more but like Tom Cruise, you, you could pick better projects on this. I mean, sorry. Yeah, and I know he's a man who picks really great projects. So that's the thing. But that's the thing. It's like, wait, why are you in this? You know, you, I know you want to make the universe thing, but like, why this? You don't need to be in this. I kind of understand Sophia Botella in this. It's like, she's not that big of a star. All right, fine. Um, same thing with, with Russell Crowe. Why the fuck are you in this too? You're exactly. above this shit. He's above this. Yeah, above this. Gladiator, above- master and commander people. Come on. I mean, it, this was just a waste of goddamn time. Yeah. Well, but, but but as you bring up that, I think we could get a rope into the to the thing you want to talk about before we close things off. Um, right. As you mentioned, Dracula Untold is something that you know I, w- I was noticing for like a long while now. It's yeah. like every time somebody does something great with a with a franchise or with a with an idea or a film. So case in point, you have you had Dra- um, Bram Stoker's Dracula, right? Probably right. in my opinion, the best film adaptation of that story to date, right? right. Yeah. What would Hollywood do? They would say, oh, it's 2000. Let's make Dracula 2000 because right. it's 2000 and people just need to be reminded of Dracula. And then yeah. right after that, you bring him you bring him in as a villain in Blade Trinity. Feel. Right. Then you have Feel, Dracula yeah, untold. Feel. You yeah. know? But now you have this thing with the mummy, right? So, okay. 
Mummy came out in 99. It was a smash hit. People didn't expect it. It right. was this nice throwback to, you know, Indiana right, Jones stuff. I didn't, want to, I didn't want to compare it to the, to the Brendan Fraser vehicle because... I know, I know, but you can't Brent, help Brent, but because, do that. You know what I mean? Yeah, go ahead, no. go ahead. Yeah, but Well, see, you can't help but compare it to that. So, yes, the third film, what it was, um, the Dragon Emperor, whatever it was with Jet Li, I yeah, didn't care for it. Yeah, so, that was a mess. When I saw this movie here, I assumed that, oh, well, they just rebooted the franchise here because of that third film that came out, what, years ago? I think it came out around the time when Dark Knight came out, right? So, yeah, yeah, yeah right. So, of course, people didn't care about, about that movie back then. More care about Dark Knight. But the point is, I thought yeah. that it was just a simple reboot. But it was when I hear, oh, it's part of this dark universe thing because we have to remind audiences Hey guys, back in the 30s, we made films like Frankenstein and The Wolfman and all these things. I know we did we 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 Van Helsing and that was like a hot mess. Yes, it was it was entertaining, but it was a hot mess. Let me all admit that. Yeah, um, that was a hot mess. But yeah. you know, we have to remind people again because it's 2017 and we need money, folks. So let's create this universe because everything is about universes now. You know what I mean? It's it's, it's pathetic to me. You know what I mean? That that's my point. It's like okay, you have this great film that set up this character but why does hollywood feel the need to just redo these characters again yeah and, again? Yeah. and uh, then on top of all that no i think this is where you're gonna lead into now um well we know it has to be part of a universe now so all these characters right. are connected now right why and uh, there's another thing too is that you need to realize uh, how goddamn difficult and and you know just borderline miraculous a cinematic universe is um you know to pull that shit off you had a gamble and the, the idea that you're going to engineer this from beforehand is total nonsense, right? Marvel didn't engineer this and didn't think, oh, well, they think, oh, they would be able to do this. The idea was, look, if this works, then we can do this. But this yes. idea of this grand scheming plan it only really started to form itself after Captain America, right? It's only when, when Captain America started working and then Avengers hit and exploded the whole thing. Then they said, all right, now we have the legs and the momentum to make it work. But you, you can make a proper starting movie um, and you can't, you're trying to force it down people's throat and, and make it work. The only reason the DCU work is because of how iconic Batman and Superman are as figures. Mm-hmm. Um, that is, it's just that sheer momentum of, of that sheer cultural and, and social momentum that those characters have, right? Especially with the success of the Nolan trilogy for the most part, right? Yes. Um, but that, that's the thing. But this now, yes, I know who the mummy is, but I don't give a shit about those characters when you think about it. You have to sell that to me. And the probability of you being able to just sell all these characters to me as this universe and make it work in a, it don't really make any sense. As I said, the best approach you could have taken with this is do League of an Extraordinary Gentleman. Do that over again and then actually take that film and what didn't work, try to do that over again and start and then start with that. At, right, at, least, at, least, make it, at least make it feel like the graphic novel it was inspired from. You know or something like that. Something yeah, like do, that. Something, do something with it. And, and again, take borrow from the writing. Don't try to write and invent a, your new universe on a script. Nobody give a fuck about Hollywood scripts anymore when it comes to these big sci-fi blockbuster shit. Hollywood scripts is work for smaller movies, smaller, more personal movies where you have your, your night crawlers and your, your whiplashes. That's where Hollywood scripts work. Mm-hmm. They don't work with this big shit anymore. You can't invent that. that they, they, you'll fuck it up. Nobody care about That's why 90s comics movies are terrible. Phantom was garbage. Sorry. Right? <laughs> I Didn't remember work. going to see that in cinema. I was like, right? I, I don't even remember a single thing about it. I just remember going to see it. I remember, I remember kind of hating it because of that, the, the ring in the end. And that MacGuffin at the end, it was bullshit. Mm. Hated that shit. Whatever. 
Yeah. Um, I know I that did. some people might defend Phantom. I ain't not gonna defend Phantom. Yeah. Point I, is, I never watch um, what was the Shadow? I was heard things um, about the Shadow, but no, I never the Shadow, saw. the Shadow, I, I would defend. That is a movie I would defend. I'll defend Shadow. That is a like Baldwin movie, right? Yes. Yeah, I'll defend that. And then um, Dark Man is another movie I'd kind of defend. Yes, I, I enjoy Dark Man. I really like yeah, that. That was Sam Raimi's. Right. Like the, the superhero movie, you could tell you always what it makes. So I was like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, but, um, but Phantom was bullshit. Anyway, yeah. but the point is, is that, look, you need to understand that we live in an age where men have a different set of tastes. And again, I know they're going for the quote-unquote cynical gamble of the international audience, quote-unquote. That shit ought to work out. And I know it's universal and they try not thing and they make a certain money with, with Jurassic World, which is actually a su- big of a surprise, but it, you know, in retrospect, it wasn't that much. Um, but yeah, this I just want this to die, frankly. This is just this just sad. It's a sort of bullshit. And I just want it to die, frankly. I, again, I tend to not root for things to fail, but everything about this is just wrong and cancerous, in my opinion. Just let it go away. Whatever. Yeah, personally, I, I, I don't want it, it to, it I don't want not... to make money. Sorry, yeah, for me personally, I just find it should not have just thrown out this um, this dark universe gimmick thing in the first place. It's yeah. like even like long before the movie even came out, this yeah. was like a big announcement. Like you don't even know it. if the show is going to be a success or flop. Yeah. But no, folks, you know what I mean. And that is how it's supposed to be. Like historically, if your movie is a su- is a success, then they're gonna get a sequel. But now you and just threw it out like, hey, we're gonna have sequels or spinoffs or whatever it is. How are you doing? Know and even, I mean, even with the DCU, you know, Man of Steel was a start. I, and Man of Steel is a movie I defend because it, you know, is a movie that set up a lot of great, decent foundation for other movies. Now, I thought they royally fucked it up with Batman v Superman and, and kind of certain things and Suicide Squad. But, but Man of Steel was a decent start to the material in terms of like your, your universe building. Like, again, you get sense of our planning going on. Yeah. Some sense. But this is like, are you serious with this? This is a mess, Red. Whoever else, uh, as I say, low CC8, don't waste your time, kind of a mess. Uh, not as bad as, a, I won't go as far as saying it's a, um, I won't go as far as saying it's a, it's a Windsor, but it, it, there, it, it, it about there. It just, like, every, all the story beats was a mess. It had some okay jokes and a couple action sequences I like. It had some interesting moments, but it's like, yeah, I, I would have never, if I knew what, what I was going into, it's like, nah, but I know it was, I know it was going to be kind of bad, but I didn't think it would be this kind of bad. This kind of uninteresting, bland nonsense. You know, at least Batman v Superman had a, a shocking bad tip that you could say, okay, I'll go and watch it multiple times. Yeah. Just to argue about it. This was like, yeah, this is just this is just and, a goddamn tragedy. And you know, it's the okay. ironic thing for me, though, and we'll just close things off from there, is yeah. that more people are going to watch that than All Eyes on Me. I'm not saying that everybody had to drop everything to go and see it, but I just say big summer, big dumb summer blockbuster. I just, you don't no, see, I just, you don't see uh, One Woman twice already. Yeah. So what else is here? Hmm. How about that one show with Tom Cruise and that mummy chick? Why not? Yeah, no, but that, that was the problem. I don't know. That I think people just go and see One Woman at the time because, like, seriously, it, you know, One Woman just gain a good space where everything is just a hot mess. But this is just not working at all, dude. Holy yeah. crap! Whatever. What a shame. Uh, and and it's a shame. Just, and it's a shame that just. Yeah, that's last. I'm gonna turn off and wait for Spider-Man. Right, last I... day, last day. It's yeah. a shame not just for the people involved, like Tom Cruise, Russell Crowe, but and, and not just the name of it, the mummy. Because I mean, the first one and text any second one was such great fantasy adventure slash horror films. Right. You know, right. just take a, gig- a, gig- a gigantic dump over them. But to me. Universal had a feel that shade because it's like they're just trying to play catch up with Marvel Studios and right. Sony and everybody else who just jumping on this whole um this whole uh universe bandwagon. You know what I mean? Right. 
is a shame, man. Not yeah. not not from not from diet, not from you know old veterans like Universal, man. I mean, come on. Right. Anywho. Yeah. yeah well. Right. So where can you where can we find you online, dude? Uh. 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 uh, um, uh, uh, uh Posat. Uh, <laughs> R M E D D Y on Twitter. That is at R M E D D Y at R M E D on Twitter. And then you could find me, just type your name on Facebook and you should find me there. Um, you can find me on Twitter, that's a lot more reliable. I think you should find me there. I'm not sure if I have some connection. I think I lose some friends in I think Twitter doing some shenanigans with my connections. I ain't sure what's going on. I get the feeling. I know I was friends with somebody and I lose friends with them. I'm not sure who it was. So I probably had to go back and friend them and check what's going on. I had to check my list and see who I'm supposed to be friends with. But you should just catch me there. Right. Okay, well, you could also find me on Twitter. Just look for Legally Black MGB, MGB in capital letters. Um, you could also find me on Facebook. Just look for my name, Machibili, alongside uh, Legally Black official fan base, where you will find the link to this podcast here, as well as the ones that I've done before, including my written stuff. And also, feel free to check out my VidMe um, ch- um, channel, if you will, vid.me slash Legally Black, where you'll find all the podcasts that we've done before over the past um, two years or about yeah. yeah. And don't forget to, your, your Patreon. You should hype your Patreon. Yes, yes, yes. And guys, don't forget my Patreon. Yeah, um, I've been meaning to kind of tweak things up a bit, but yes, I do have a Patreon. It does exist. Um, yeah. Please give it a look and please show your support, man. I mean, feel free to let me know, you know, um, how I can improve on this show as well, too. I'll, I'll greatly appreciate your comments. All right, no problem. All right, so uh, stuff to look forward to. Well, but Spider-Man. Off, well, Spider-Man is, is next month. This week well, coming up here, we have The Last Night. Uh, all right. Oh, we have this boy. I completely forgot about that bullshit. And I'm going to say this one time. More than likely, I may end up seeing this film in IMAX. Yeah, well. I kind of want to. I, like, I mean, I know uh, the show I, just suck really hard, but i just want to see this film in imax like i've never like in the 10 years since this franchise has been running 10 years i've never seen any of these films in imax but on the subject of seeing them like i've always seen these films um well at least twice well at least with the first one i've seen it more than twice actually i i really do love that movie but the others i've seen them like about twice and i just gave up like just quite recently i watched over um age of extinction that yeah, length right. was just so punishing and so torturous. Yeah, I just gave up. It, it really saw, did feel I saw, like I, I, I was numb to it. Like I was right, watching I, all the CG. I'll mention in my, well the next episode. I was just right. numb to everything. I was just like, wow, look at Optimus. Wow, yeah, look yeah, at the Dinobots. Yeah. Ooh. While all this time, this movie was just punching me in the face to the point I wasn't even feeling any pain. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I saw. I actually saw each other in and IMAX, and I was like. Yes, I totally, I totally check out one of movie because like, <laughs> and as I say, as always, I always tell it, that yeah. story. As I always tell that story of the guy who like the movie totally incoherent, but the, the guy was like cheering it on. Um, oh yes, yes, like, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, and I was, uh, yeah, I was like, all right, uh, I cannot give up. This, this, this in for me, and I, it, it no hit me. Now. It really hit me. Like wow, Michael Bay, do give a fuck. This is not the audience. I'm not this audience. And he knew his audience and that, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, but but, we'll uh, watch but on that though, yes, we will. Well, I don't know if you're going to check it out. I, I'll make the effort too. But we will have to talk about our history with this Transformers franchise. But right. we, we have to yeah. talk about that, you know. Yeah. Um, along with that, I will also make the effort to check out season three of Better Call Saul. 
Right, okay. Yeah, um, which this final season, sorry, final episode is supposed to be um, this week at the time of this recording. So I'll make right. sure to binge all 10 episodes and hopefully give you guys a review of that. Okay, no um, TV, uh, Other stuff TV-wise, nothing really comes to mind. But yes, as you mentioned before, yes, we are getting Spider-Man Homecoming next month. Um, remind me again, War for the Planet of the Apes is coming out in July as well, right? think so. I think I'd, so. I had to check out this. I had to check this. Whatever. All right. Um, another show that I'm excited for, Baby Driver. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've been hearing from, about from that. One of my oh, no, directors, I'll, you know what I'll try to do? I'll try to do. I'll try to try to get two films that I miss that was from the last year and just do reviews of those because we just kind of missed some decent films that passed. Like much like with Free Fire. Yeah. Um, it have a movie Slight. I didn't get a chance to see that. Who does does quite not that bad. Yeah, I, I really want to see Slight as well. Too. So yeah, the, um, a couple of trailers for them. Right, so I want to just it have a bunch of little films that just come and come and go on, and again, cinema, cinema one, die, sorry, that's the kind of shit you had to be doing. Yeah, those are the kind of films you had to be showing. The people go and see them, whatever. Yeah, totally agree. Again, I, I think this is slated to be one of the worst summers uh, like ever. Um, the, I think it's one of the worst summers since ninety ninety seven. I think or one of those really like a really bad <laughs> summer from a month. Ninety seven. Oh my I god. I think it's one of those year. really yeah. In terms of profits, it's like one of the worst because like people don't give a fuck and it's just a sort of shit movies yeah. and shit sequels. Oh, <laughs> speaking of shit sequels, well at least I hope it is not. Cast three. How could we forget Cast three? Right. Yeah, that comment. I dread. Okay, let me just check through the list because I'm missing. I'm missing. Yeah. I'm missing my movies. Here's the thing. Yeah. Eh? I, I, like I'll just talk while while you search. Saw cars on 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 stars. Yes, saw cars on stars. Watch it. I was like, all right, that's that was okay, cool. Didn't see two. Cause here two was just unnecessary. Yeah, no, cars two, cars two was pointless. Right? Yeah, like point. it, you get anyway. We'll talk about it with cars because cars only exists because it actually is one of the more profitable films, even though it creatively is, it feels kind of bankrupt and kind of weak. Um, but it's also because um, John Lasseter is a big fan of cars. Yes, John Lasseter loves cars. So it's like, yeah, that is it. That's the only reason to exist. Um, right. But, but, I see, but, I'll, I'll probably make the effort to go see Captain on the Pants, but you'll probably not. I'm, I don't know if I'll make the effort to see um, um, Ting. Uh, yeah. Rough but, Night, I'll take the effort to hear. I hear it wasn't that bad. Yeah, and I actually like the, the actresses involved too. I'll, yeah, I like I'll see, I'll see if, I could, um, if I could check it out as well. Yeah, I'll take the effort to go and, see Rough You know, like you said before, catching up on, on films that, you know, may have missed your reader, I'll do the same as well. Because, yeah, yeah. There, there were some films that came out like this year actually. Um, a couple of Netflix that um, well the names escape me right now but I know there were a couple that I wanted to see so I'll make the chance to review them so you know you should you, you, you well you could expect a couple of reviews of those um, right you know in the next few episodes if you will right no right so yeah so the, the, yeah we have some movies so Cars, so Cars 3 um, Transformers and then Baby Driver is next is the 28th yeah I'll uh, go see that so yeah it's Israeli Cars and Transformers Cars Cars two sets of Cars movies two robot Cars movies for some reason Right, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so this, oh, right, for the next couple of weeks, it's just car shows or something like that. Uh, yeah, car, yeah. car, car, and then a spike. Right. Whatever. Okay, so that's pretty yeah. much about it. So, once again, guys, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night, whenever you listen to this. This was Machu Bailey and Ricardo Medina. And we are signing off from another episode of Bears, Beats, and Bailey. So, take care, guys. Until the next one. Peace. Peace, peace, yeah.